Kai Lopez is one of the most prolific marketers of the 2010s, gathering billions of views, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Maybe it's made almost 100 mil. And it all started in his garage with his new Lamborghini here in the Hollywood Hills. Here in my garage, just bought this uh, new Lamborghini here. Fun to drive up here in the Hollywood Hills. Although out of nowhere, Ty almost completely disappeared from social media. And he's been relatively quiet online until now. We got the opportunity to confront him in person, discuss his experiences selling programs online, and get a glimpse into the life of someone who's built a marketing empire from nothing but knowledge. Knowledge. Hearing from other people is one of the best ways to educate ourselves on viewpoints we might not always agree with. We'd like to allow a place where everyone is able to talk freely with the mindset that you might learn something new. So. With that said, guys, thank you so much. And before we go into it, a quick message from our sponsor. YouTube is filled with some of the best high quality content on the internet. And for any creator who's looking to grow their brand, YouTube is one of the best resources. But when you spend countless hours making content about knowledge that it took you years to develop, sometimes posting it for free can feel demotivating. Well, thankfully, today's sponsor, Uscreen, is the perfect solution. Uscreen is an easy to use video membership platform that allows creators with large or small followings to get paid the way they want to. They have everything in one place and handle all the video hosting, live streaming, payments, billing, marketing, and more. It even allows you to build your own fully branded mobile and TV apps like Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, and of course, iOS and Android apps. That way your members could access your content anywhere at any time. Uscreen gives you access to powerful website themes designed to monetize videos. It's fully customizable and you could set it up yourself with no coding experience required. It's perfect for video creators, instructors, coaches, authors, influencers, and entrepreneurs looking to build a predictable revenue stream with their video content. Uscreen is the video membership site for professional content creators looking to generate a sustainable income. So if you're interested in Uscreen, feel free to check them out down below in the description. It helps support the podcast and that way they know that we sent you. Enjoy. Thank you guys With so that much. With that said, and back, back to, to the, the podcast. podcast. Here on the ice coffee hour, time for a little knowledge. Let's go. <laughs> this Kyle is so Lopez. cool, man. Thank uh, you so thank much you for coming on. Thanks what for having me. What brought you to the iced coffee hour? I'm so curious. That's a good question. I've been off social media for, I mean, I haven't been doing much, so... I've decided I'm going to go back into the social media world. So I was like, this is a good place to start. This is cool. Right. Well, well, we appreciate how about it. This? Yeah. Speaking of going back, Jack, I haven't told you this. In 2009, I showed you and Maya houses in Beverly Hills. I bet you don't remember. Huh. I think I vaguely do. Yeah. You reached out to me from a posting I did on Craigslist. Okay. And it was this house in Doheny. I think it was like 9000 a month. Okay. I met you there. You hated the house. Okay. And I sent you other listings. Why did I hate the house? What was it wasn't wrong? a good house. Okay. You wouldn't have liked it. Why'd you take me there? Well, I gotta, I gotta meet you. It's like, <laughs> the thing like is, let's meet this dude at the, the worst thing is, possible. I, house. I had these houses that okay. were on Craigslist that were priced really well, that had a decent amount of like bedrooms, bathrooms, right. with the pool. But when people walk in, they just don't like the house for whatever reason. So it's a good house to meet people at. Right. Uh, no one really liked the house, but I'd meet them there and then show them other houses. You were be that 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 <laughs> seller was like, I we don't understand. We got a house. lot of showing, but we nobody ever buys. <laughs> we rent. We eventually rented the house, but like okay. when you go in there, it's kind of dark. It's a little. It's not everyone's style. Yeah. The, you know. But anyway, I showed you and Maya. I think you eventually rented something else. But, yeah, I was um, up in Hollywood Hills right around then. Yeah. Two thousand nine. Yeah. But I, funny. I had recognized you when I met you in person from okay. the Millionaire Matchmaker yeah, show. Okay, yeah. yeah. Was, so you're That's like, where you, you know me like yep. old school. Yeah, this Holy is before. Cow. This is before everything. Before it. Yeah, so on YouTube. I wasn't. Yeah. I think I was looking back. I joined Twitter like in 08 or 09. That was my begin. I remember being like, I'm going to mess with this social yeah. media thing. Didn't do YouTube. Insta wasn't a thing. 
And I was like, what were you doing before then? Because when I spoke with Maya, she was saying you did some tall productions or there, there was promotion. Yeah. So yeah. I had, what was so it? I had a company on the East coast. My first, one of my first businesses was a big nightclub nightlife company in North Carolina. I partnered with this guy who owned all these restaurants. I ran the nightlife. So I had this promotions company. I still have it. And really? it, so yeah, that's kind of the old days. That's got me. I always tell people the way to start. It's like at the beginning, there's a progression to making money. And um, I know people, a lot of people say you shouldn't sell your time for money, but it's not realistic. And it, actually, at the beginning, you do sell your time for money. I mean, Bill Gates started as a teenager. He was selling his time for money, rebuilding the payroll system for mm. his school. You know, Elon Musk was doing that kind of everybody hustles at the beginning, doing that kind of thing. And then over time. You hopefully you grow out of that phase, but I was still a little bit in that phase probably when I met you. Where Not did you, quite. Yeah, where did you start? Where you I started start on a money? farm. Yeah, on a farm, man. Old school. I um, out of high school, I I didn't have enough, quite enough money to go to school. I had some scholarships to colleges, but this guy Joel Salatin, who's now a fame, he's become pretty famous. He's like the most famous farmer, organic kind of farmer, and he had a he had an apprenticeship open. And I was like, okay. So I went and lived on a farm for 18 months, no toilet. He had a little <laughs> cabin. He cut a hole in the floor and put a bucket under there. He's no. like, every once in a while, you're going to have to empty that in the forest. <laughs> no. So I did that for, yeah, I did manual labor for a couple of years. But the second year I was with him, there was a farmer that came to Joel and said, I don't know what to do with my land. And Joel said, I'm too busy and just turned the guy down. I, I don't know even what the guy, and I, went to Joel that I was a teenager and I said, Joel, I'll work for you all day. And that night I'll go take care of that farm. If you we split the money, we do a business together. So he bought a whole bunch of cattle. I didn't have any money. First time using other people's money. Mm. He bought like $50,000 worth of cattle. I took care of them. I used to put a little, I would work at his farm from like five in the morning to five at night. And then I would put this like headlamp. It was before people really had headlamps. I like mm. built it into like a little flashlight rubber band in my head and would go take care of this farm. Did that for like eight months and I made $12,000 in a year. I mean, that was the most money I'd ever seen. I grew up, I graduated high school in a mobile home, you know, so I was like 12 grand was a lot. And so that was the first business. Then I came back to the city. Then I lived with the Amish for two and a half years. So that was no that electricity Wait, in the city. No, before the city. So after Joel, then I did two and a half. So I was gone from like the regular world for almost five years, four or five years. Then I came back to the city. and How did you get linked up with the Amish? What made you choose that? When I was at Joel, Joel's farm was famous. People come from all over the world. I'd meet people. I met the prime minister of like Russia came. It was all this. But the Amish used to come there. And I was fascinated. I didn't have a very happy childhood. And the Amish are like super happy mm. people. And so I guess I was fighting my demons. And I was like, I wonder what it would be like to go live with people that were peaceful, you know? And I, so I live with the Amish. It was a very cathartic experience, I guess you would say. Cause like, like I growing up, like I didn't know families didn't yell at each other. I didn't know any of that. Like then I went to the Amish. I'm like, wow, you, there are actual peaceful marriages. And my dad was married multiple times. So was my mom. I grew up with a stepdad. So, and a single mom. So mm -hmm. it was probably, I sometimes wonder what would have happened if I hadn't gone to the Amish. I think I would have been a better businessman, been more ruthless. So you're with the Amish for two and a half years. You yeah, said I was there a long time. Find like a foster home. To yeah, it's hard. And you, really? and you just helped them out. Turn I the went. Butter and, why are they don't let like 
outsiders in. How they don't you, really, yeah. but I knew about farming. And so there were a lot of farmers <laughs> and they knew Joel Salatin. So they're like, it was kind of like, maybe this guy will show me what Joel taught him. I remember the first Amish farm I went to was Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was insane. I, I took a bus there because I didn't have any money. I didn't have a car. Took a bus there and I got out and it was like going back to the 1700s. I walked into this barn and there was a guy like shoveling apple pomace. It's like the peelings <laughs> of apple. And he had little kids and they were all wearing like hats. And then we worked there and then I went in the house and I'm like, here's a room. And the first thing you do in like a room is to flip the light switch, but they don't have electricity. There's no light switches. So you're like, and you got to go light a candle and they oh got little gosh. lanterns. But it's good, man. You slay. It was, it's a great life. In fact, I interviewed, there's a guy, Jared Diamond. He wrote a famous book, Guns, Germs, and Steel. I was interviewing him a couple years ago and he's like, oh, you know the Amish? He goes, you know, I studied the Amish. They have 500% less depression than the mainstream community. He was very fascinated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's true. He's the happiest people I've ever met. So I think that... um you know, the modern world is, there's this Sigmund Freud, the founder of modern psychology. He said civilization and his discontents, like the social structure that we live in, basically we live longer because we're in a modern civilization, but we're less happy. We're not as connected to nature. We're not connected to community. You know, Amish grew up, there's no divorce. Everybody, you're around your uncles and your aunts and you're in part of a bigger community. You marry people you know, people aren't lonely. Like, people are lonely sure. now, man. I mean, the, the modern world fosters loneliness, even for entrepreneurs. I, I very rarely, you know, I've kind of gone, my life, people aren't real. I've gone from, like, one extreme, like the Amish, and I've done the Beverly Hills thing <laughs> and, yeah. you know, making a lot of money. And basically what you want is some of the, the best of the modern world, but I sometimes miss that a lot, just like the peace, you know. Why did you decide to leave? Because I mean, ultimately, I wasn't Amish and their 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 religion, and so eventually, you kind of have to stay and get married. But sometimes I wonder, I wonder if my life's really better that that I left. I mean, certainly you got more stuff now, but um, I think that the old cliche that um, money isn't everything is true. I I, I kind of go by this good life thing, like life's the four pillars of the good life, like health wealth, love, happiness. And really what your job is, if you want a good life, is the ratio of those things, those pillars. And that's very hard. Like the greatest people in the world to me are people who figure out those ratios. Um, I was just in Scandinavia. I live part-time in, in Sweden and Denmark. Now that you can argue their ratios maybe are better than here. So like Sweden has five times the billionaires per capita than of America. But they're also way happier mm -hmm. people, you know. So at that point, I was like deep down the happiness kind of pillar of the good life. Living on a farm, quiet, good people. But I didn't know how to make money, really, you know. Then I've gone all the way to the other stream where you're like really good at making money. But you're missing out, you know. Most entrepreneurs, it's like I knew sure. an entrepreneur. He was worth a couple billion dollars, but he was so out of shape. Bad health, diabetic. The guy was bedridden. And I remember thinking, it's like, all oh, the money in the, nobody would trade for that guy. If I told you you can give you $2 billion in your bank account, but you can't get out of bed, you wouldn't trade. Right. So I have this thing now, it's just my life, I call it the substitution rule. So who do I envy? It's like Elon Musk. It's like, I respect Elon Musk, but I don't envy him. I would, I would, I think it's a life that's, even he says it, it's like very out of, 
the four pillar ratios are just your app. You know how you have this yeah, fish thing. Right. So I do a lot. I own a lot of farmland now. And um, just like that app for your fish tank has the alkalinity mm-hmm. ratio of acid to alkaline. Sure. And yours is supposed to be 7.9, which is pretty alkaline. Like that's how your life has to be. Like you have to really get that. And it's easy to out, outrace your headlights. So pe- either people don't have enough money and they have all this other stuff. Maybe they have a nice family and others, or they got too much money and all the other stuff's yeah. lost. You know, but first we got to thank our sponsor Ridge wallets. I don't know about you guys, but I've had way too many wallets to count. And every time I get a new wallet, it ends up getting really bulky and the leather starts wearing out. That's why I'm really happy that Ridge wallets reached out and sent us some of their wallets. Ridge wallets are the perfect combo of sleek yet durable. I've been using the wallet they sent me and I love how easily it fits in my pocket and how good it looks. They've also sent a key case, which I've really wanted and it's easy to use. And that helps me not look like a janitor everywhere I go. Plus, as most of you know, I have a lot of credit cards. My biggest concern was being able to use all of them and fit them in a wallet that's as sleek as this and not have it just completely break. But I was pretty surprised that Ridge Wallet actually fits up to 12 cards, which, hey, that's more than enough. It's also made with RFID blocking technology, so it protects you from digital pickpocketers. And guys, the Ridge team is so confident that you'll like their product that they'll let you test drive it for 45 days. There's literally no risk. You could send it back for a full refund if you're not 100% satisfied. But trust me, I never knew I needed a nicer wallet until I got one and now I can't live without it. So like I said, I've been using the Ridge wallet for about three or so weeks now and I can't emphasize enough how much I absolutely love it. Strongly recommend you guys check them out with that link down below. There's also over 30 styles and colors, including carbon fiber, which is what I got, and burnt titanium. So get the best offer right now with the link ridge.com coffee, and you can save up to 40% through December 22nd. Thank you so much, Ridge, and back, back to, to the, the podcast. podcast. What were some of the most shocking parts about moving in with the Amish people? Was it just like no technology, no cell phones or anything? No, f- no, f- no family fightings. Mm. No f- that was no one shocking. yell yeah because like i grew up like i didn't really like my mom my dad was in prison when i was born my mom was a single mom you know she like peaceful families i think i don't think a lot of people have that like i never you can ask an amish kid like have you ever heard your dad yell at your mom's like never never i i lived i still know i own some farms in the middle of that community and there's still amish people who run them never heard an amish guy raise his voice are there any arguments i mean there there have to be some sort of like there are but it's just right? like i mean actually now there's a scientist is writing a book based on some of the stuff that i talked about um it's called why amish babies don't cry because amish babies hardly cry it's and so some of it now is actually genetic there's a thing on a hexaco score which is your the most modern assessment of your personality it's like 25 sub facets one of them is agreeableness and so some people are just naturally more agreeable. And um, interestingly enough, a lot of the wealthiest people in the world are very low at agreeableness. And that's why <laughs> that's why there's this spectrum. It's like you can become a billionaire, but you might have to live a horrible life to get there. You know, or you can be like Amish. Yeah, so it's shocking that they're very agreeable people. You know? Did you ever get bored? Like not having No, you'll never get like, bored there. No? Okay. I, I was on a farm with nine hundred horses, man. He's like horses. <laughs> I, you have to like nature, sure. right? So video game I mean, I was into video games. I don't know. I I'm not a person that gets bored. Okay. That's not my I think it's genetic to get bored. Oh, I think boring people get bored. Yeah, boring. But I also think so going back to that Hexaco thing, yeah. it, inquisitiveness is a genetic factor that you have. And so like 
Some people, you can put them in the most fascinating scenarios they're going to get bored. Other people, you stick them in a room. Like Joel Salatin, my first mentor, it was funny. You know, he's this farmer guy, and I had him, I had like all these Lambos and stuff, and I invited him to come speak at my conference, one of my first ones in 2014 or 2015. And I remember thinking, because uh, he's not a materialistic guy. He's like, he's not going to like that I have all this. So the only car I had was a Lamborghini at the time. So I picked him up at the airport in a Lambo. Is and this I the re- black one? Yeah, it was a black Gallardo? one. It was a okay. little black one yeah. I had. And um, he comes out. And I remember he walked or I had it parked in the parking spot and he like walks around it three times. <laughs> and he's like, he noticed like a hundred things, all the gearhead car people. He noticed that cause he knows like farm tractors. Right. He's like, this is basically a chassis with a little, and I remember thinking he's a high inquisitive person. Like Joel never be bored. You could stick him in a room with just a car and he's going to dissect the whole thing. Mm. So I believe a lot of, you know, there's a lot of genetic stuff about personality that we don't realize affects us. So I have my weaknesses, but getting bored isn't yeah. one of them. And from those two and a half years of your life that you spent secluded and on this yeah. Amish farm, what would you say is the biggest takeaway or the thing that I guess benefited you for your career, for your personal life or something from then on? You need a life filled with a lot of people around you. Um, and that we're too isolated. Like, don't be isolated. So live almost like in a village type of living. Like when I was, even when I was doing all my social media here in my garage, like if you came to my house, there was probably 60 people there at any time. I like had my office in there. I had friends, fam. people would come in and be like, what is this? And I maybe it was like my little version of like Amish. <laughs> wow. Amish living communities, like 150 people. There's Is that ever stressful running. to be able to walk around, like not get alone time? Oh, Graham would yeah. hate, I hate that. Yeah. I stand it. Yeah, you would be over that. Yeah, but here's the thing. So introverts and extroverts is kind of this concept you hear a lot about. Um, it was invented by this Carl Jung, this Swiss. He invented actually the word introvert, extrovert. It's a myth how people think about it. Introverts like to be around people they trust and know. So a lot of the stress is with strangers, right? So obviously there's some people who don't even want to have five people they know, but I had people in my house I knew. that may, I wouldn't want 100, yeah, 100 strangers rolling in and out of the house. That's, that's actually why people are unhappy in cities like New York. Mm. You go to New York, you, gotta, you walk by 3,000 strangers. Or London, everybody's in a bad mood. Jonathan Haidt wrote this book, and your cortisol levels just automatically go up. You're like in fight or flight mode, you know? You're like, this person might kill me subconsciously. We are humans, we mm. got this super primitive mind, you know? So I think I, I learned that from the Amish it, I, is that community is a thing. Try, build your tribe. Build your tribe. So what happened after you left? Then I went like completely opposite. I came <laughs> back. I needed to make money. And uh, that was when I was sleeping on my couch for like 47. I had like skills. I knew how to like milk cows and harness horses, <laughs> right? So I'm, I was back and um, I had one uncle, the only uncle, only person in our family that ever made like six figures, except my dad. My dad made six figures at one point, but selling cocaine. So, but like legally, my uncle was right. a car salesman. And I remember him telling me I was sleeping on a couch and I was depressed. I had read this Tony Robbins book, Awaken the Giant Within. And he yeah, had this like- great book. Yeah, it's a I great like book. He had, my mom gave it to me because I was like depressed. He's like, right. read this. And I remember thinking, how's this going to help me? And the one sentence was, when you succeed, you party. But when you fail, you ponder. And all greatness comes out of failure because it makes you rethink your life. So I was like, that's true. So I 
I was smart enough. I had had mentors on the farm. The Amish like mentors too. They don't, they, they stop in eighth grade. So you learn from other people. So I was like, who's the number one mentor I knew that knew how to make money in the modern world. Only person was my uncle Bill. So I called him. I'm like, uncle Bill, I'm stuck. I'm failing. I'm pondering. I got no money. I got less than 50 bucks. I'm basically homeless in a mobile home. He goes, two ways you can always make money. I sell, sell cars or sell insurance. And I was like, I don't want to sell cars because he had sold cars and he told me it was a depressing life where you're at like 16 hours a day at the, so I went in the phone book and, um, I knew that a phone book, like to get the full page thing was like $50,000. I don't know how I knew that. And I just flipped through and I found first insurance person that had a full page ad. It was a guy named Mike Stainback. And I go, I'm gonna call this guy. So I called him. And I pretended like I needed insurance. I kind of did too. So it wasn't a total lie. <laughs> yeah. So I called, I set up on me as a secretary, Kathy, and I showed up and my uncle's like, make sure you like wear a suit. I don't have a suit. I went to a thrift store. I remember, I, I wish I had a picture of it. I have it somewhere. It had shoulder pads. It was the only oh, one no. at the thrift store. It was like a woman's no. suit. It was like the <laughs> office where I don't know, but it had shoulder pads. So I bought that thing. It was like six bucks. Like but but I showed up at that office of Mike Stainback and I was like, Kathy, and I got my, it was a blue pinstripe shoe, uh, suit, I think. And I go in the back and Mike had this big mustache and I was like, Hey Mike, I want to tell you, I'm interested in insurance. I don't have a lot of money, but I know you got a full page ad here. So you must, you're probably the richest guy I've ever met. And I said, if you will teach me what you know about making money, I'll work for you for free. And I remember he was this, I don't know. He had this big mustache. He looked like a movie star mm -hmm. guy. And he was, yeah, Tom yeah. said he was sitting on the side and he like turned to me and he was like, I've been looking for someone like you for 20 years. <laughs> no. He goes, you got the right attitude. He goes, show up in the morning and I'll give you an office. So I was like, well, yeah. So I left, came back the next day. I'm expecting like an office. And he had taken a closet where he had a file cabinet and he had stuffed a little teeny uh, place to put my computer. And I remember going in there, it was so small. If you, I had a chair, you try to lean back, you hit the wall. It was like, <laughs> it was probably, I mean, it was a closet. And I started cold calling. Mm. That's why I tell people, if you study billionaires, wealthy people, 80% of them started in sales. Yep. So that's how I started. That's how Real you started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I hated cold calling and door knocking. Yeah. It was my least favorite, but Craigslist worked. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like, it's like Muhammad Ali said with sit-ups. He goes... You know, I don't count them until they start to burn. But that's why he was the king. Like, mm -hmm. he did sit-ups a lot. People don't like to do sit-ups. So cold calling is like sit-ups. You don't like to do it, but if you do it, it trains you. So I, in the first week, I opened a deal that was like 100000 of commissions. And Mike was in shock because he had promised me like 30% of the commission. And I was like, I'm going to make thirty grand, and all this. So I... Literally overnight, I started to make a little bit of money, like mm -hmm. eight, 10 grand a month, which was like that's infinity insane. for yeah, me. That's yeah. not a little How old bit of money. That's that I was just like early 20s, man. That's I was insane. Like, I was like, that's really wow. good money. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and what was crazy that so I started to think because he gave me this cold call list, but I called through it, and then I was done. So I was I had I was on the laptop in that little room, and and an ad came up. It was like a Yahoo ad. It might have been I don't think it was Google, but it it was a picture of this dude on a Hawaiian beach. I remember, and the caption said, "How I made twenty eight thousand dollars laying on the beach today." And I clicked it and it was an ad for like a guru. Mm. And I remember it was probably in the first week I hadn't actually received any commissions. So I had like three, four hundred dollars in my bank account. It was three hundred bucks to buy his system. His name was Corey Rudel. Sadly, the guy died in 08. I, he had all these Porsches and stuff and he crashed. Oh, man. And uh, I always thought about when I made money and got all these cars, I'm like, don't drive too fast, man. Corey Rue. I always wanted to thank the dude because I got a three ring binders before YouTube yeah. for 300 bucks sent to me. And the only thing I remember from it is there's something new called Google Ads. Try it. So I built an ad advertising this Mike Stainback's kind of, by then we were doing some financial stuff like annuities and mutual funds. And I put an ad up and instantly leads started to pour in. I got good at that. And I, I, I ended up working at GE. This Mike guy got me working as a broker for GE, which at the time was the biggest company in the world, GE Capital. And so I started like a, a click on, on Google ads at the beginning Okay. Was this 2004? Yeah, earlier. Yeah. Wow. Okay. A click on Google ads was roughly 20 cents. Okay. And your convert, I would get a lead for like 15 bucks and I could close one out of 10 and my average commission was 1500 bucks. Wow. Right now, those clicks are 20 bucks a piece. So that's why I always tell people, find the new platform, get in early. And so I, that really skyrocketed me. And, um, that's when I started consistently making six figures. That's when I then, that guy, that notebook also said, have multiple streams of income. So I would work in this finance company. I spun out my own with a business partner, but doing the same thing. And uh, I would work from like 11 in the morning, maybe seven at night. And then I would take off and I had gotten this nightclub business, which was pretty big in North Carolina. It ended up being almost the biggest nightlife company. So then I would do seven at night, to like three in the morning, the nightclub. So I had these two streams, but it was fun. Like I was yeah, going sure. out. I, it was like, I owned some <clears throat> salsa dancing clubs. I owned all this stuff. Was be, you know, I got in that business because I went to a nightclub and it was like 20 bucks for a drink. And I was thinking, I'm on the wrong side of this counter here. I was like, I know alcohol yeah, costs a right. dollar or 50 cents. And so I was like, my second stream of income is going to be nightlife. Mm. I get paid to have fun. How did you get started doing that? How long did it take between like, okay, I want to do this and then actually doing it? And I've always been quick. It didn't always work quick, but I started quick. The way I started in nightlife, and this is going back to where I learned at the Amish, build a community, build a tribe. It's funny. It's like social media is, that's basically what social media is. It's like you've built your tribe. Mm. You've got subscribe. It's like they just, they lock it in like you have. 1 million followers. So it's kind of like my tribe is 1 million. And it's funny how humans are chasing their tribe. It's like, I want my <laughs> subscribers, everything from YouTube, TikTok, but also like OnlyFans. Yeah, guys, if you want to join the tribe, all you got to do is hit the subscribe button. The OnlyFans? It's free. Yo, he, I still, he used to, well, do you still have it? Someone signed up for it randomly. I thought it was shut down. <laughs> do you feel like you have to deliver now? 
<laughs> but I haven't posted on there. If you see. have an OnlyFans, I'm <laughs> signed. I will be your second subscriber. I signed. I created it's not an OnlyFans. No, there's a lot of people. I know a girl doing like 60 grand a month. She doesn't do anything nude. Yeah, he just does feet. <laughs> no. Adrian, I'm gonna no, give I'm you my login. Check that. I posted oh what I was God. buying for stocks, uh, okay. and I did that for a few weeks, and then I realized very quickly I was charging too much, and it wasn't worth my time. What were you charging? Hundred bucks, like ninety nine. So, so the conversion rate is low Bad. on TikTok, and then I lowered the price, and I thought, well, it's not worth my time. Then it's insane that OnlyFans. It just there's the power of community <laughs> in a world of free porn. Yeah, dudes. All day long. I, the, you know, the this year, the owner of OnlyFans has been paying himself a million-dollar-a-day dividend. No. Yep. Dividend net. Oh, my god. So I was reading this in August. He had paid himself a million dollars a day. He's going to probably do 365 this year. It's a good business. But I'm it's going, fantastic who business. are the dudes? that? But that just shows yeah. you. It's like <clears throat> people want to feel like they belong. So it's like I'm a lonely guy. Here's a pretty woman that I probably can't get in real life. I can be in her tribe. I'll pay seven bucks a month or but whatever. But I think a lot of that is the personal connection. Uh, yeah. We had Stella Berry on, and she yeah. was making $250,000, $300,000 a month yeah. consistently. And I think She a lot chats of people, with them, right? Yeah. But I think it's yeah. a lot of them just want that one-on-one -on -one attention. Yes. But they don't realize they're chatting with, usually it's they're chatting with a gay assistant. <laughs> I knew, I met, I went on Tinder date like, Two years ago. I don't know how many years ago. Two, three years you ago. You were on Tinder? You're on Tinder? Yeah. I always get kicked off Tinder because it's like yeah. I get reported as a fake one. Yeah. Why? But I feel like you wouldn't. Like, I did it I once. Say it, like you wouldn't need Tinder. So like in that. the U.S., yeah. I've only done it. I did it for like a streak for like two weeks. I use it in like Scandinavia. Like it's they're really shy. Yeah. And like Sweden Tinder is not like American Tinder. It's like the most beautiful. You're like this they are not charging enough money for this. But anyway, I was on. I went on this date in San Diego. Well, I've only been on a few Tinder dates in the U.S., right? And so this girl comes, probably the curviest woman I've ever seen. Okay, curviest white girl on earth, natural. I was like, <laughs> anyway, I was, after talking about I was like, what do you do? And she's like, I'm on OnlyFans. I was like, I can believe you make a lot of money. She's like, I'm number three or something on there. Wow. And then as, it was funny. We were in La Jolla as we are talking. Adrian, she goes... <laughs> So she just slides in that her Navy SEAL husband is deployed right now. That's why she can be on a date with me. I'm like, oh, no, no. What? I was like, I'm getting out of here. Wait, I was like, did she recognize you? Like, uh, she didn't say it. A lot of times people won't say when they recognize. And, and, and so you're saying like on dates. You've gone on dates where the girl knew who you were. Yeah, sometimes. From, or from usually Tinder people or like... won't say. I find a lot of people don't want to say like, yeah. I know who you are. Some people will. But yeah, this girl's like, I'm going to get killed. I'm like, right now, she's like, yeah, don't worry, my Navy SEAL husband. I'm like, you got to put that on your, oh, you got to put that on your Tinder. <laughs> I have a husband, <laughs> and he's a Navy SEAL, and I'm hiding this. We don't have an open relationship. Yeah, she's like, oh, he's, no, not, he oh wasn't even gosh. deployed. He was like in Cape Pendleton. It was like 45 minutes away. Yeah. Anyway, but she was making like 500000 But she's the one who told me. I go, how do you talk to all these dudes? She's like, I have a gay assistant who just sits there so all these guys are like oh i've connected with this curvy woman and it's a it's a good hustle man wow do you still have tinder the u.s i don't use it. like i said i'll use it yeah it always gets it always gets deleted for like being fake people report that's like, crazy what do you do for dating now while we're like on the social subject. circle yeah. i mean i instagram you meet a lot of people i feel like instagram dms is like mm -hmm. the new tinder yeah you know it's just like yeah. talk but when I was, I've been in Puerto Rico, so I've been more chill. I have, you know, but 
when I was in LA, you know how LA is. Sure. LA is just like an insane place. I always tell guys, if you are an insecure man and not good talking with women, move to LA because the most extroverted women in the world move there. And uh, just pretend like you recognize them. I heard this comedian, Fahim Anwar. He's like, LA, you just go up to anybody and be like, I'm a big fan. You can go to any nightclub, be like, what? big fan of your work. Women will be like, oh, good. Because now with social media, what percentage of LA women that are pretty do you think are some kind of influencer? Yeah, but big fan of your work. What if she has like 500 followers? The she's point just, is, when women are, when humans are narcissists, yeah. they just are like, thank you. You know, Wouldn't like she that? think that you're mistaking them for somebody else? Uh, not in That'd LA. be funny if you go in everywhere else. else. Yeah, you're you're thinking with common sense, my friend. <laughs> it's a good test though, because if she likes you, she'll just be like, "Oh, thanks." Yeah. But what if? But what if like, they have an like, OnlyFans? What, what if you're like, "Hey, I like your work." I like they your work on OnlyFans. OnlyFans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but New York's up, hard. Yeah. I think New York's a hard city for people. It's more like yeah. But the thing is, if you go up and you start with, "I'm a fan of your work," doesn't that show too much interest right up front? Oh yeah. Now all of a sudden now that she. She's, you know, you're putting on her pedestal. on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're a fan and like. I know it's so funny. Maybe now. It's, it's like your dynamic. Half. I, I don't totally subscribe to the stuff that's online now. Now there's like very much like the zeitgeist is like, here's how you play it. You're the alpha man. I, I think human psychology is very complex. So I don't know that that always. I, I know very beautiful women that if you play kind of the alpha cocky thing, you're going to instantly fail. Like They're it's used to it is a thing. Yeah, like now used to fake this, I'm guessing. But people are too oversimplifying. <laughs> like human attraction's complex. It's like basically I like to study game theory, right? So, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie with Russell Crowe, uh, Beautiful Mind. It's yes, about it's about Nash who right. won a Nobel Prize in game theory. So like game theory, for example, says if all men start to act certain way, it no longer works anymore, then the opposite will start to work. Mm -hmm. So like if all men are taught to be like super cocky alpha, then the beta guy will start to do better. If all men are start to act beta, then the alpha will stand out. Well, they I call it hawks just, and I dove I think that's theory. just like finding the outlier in the group. Yes. But it's also, I mean, there's masculine women and feminine women, and there's mm -hmm. masculine men and fem. Dude, I know guys that are super quiet with women, not alpha, that destroy any of the pickup artists, guys, you know. It's like, it's, it's not that simple. I actually, you know the first paid program I built? Because mm. people think of me like 67.7. The first one I built was, it, I forget what I call, I called it Mr. X. It was based on this dude that I had met when I owned nightclubs. So when I took <laughs> over these nightclubs, it was my first M&A deal. It's a hostile takeover. Colombian dudes own this night nightlife thing in North Carolina, you were asking me. And I almost got killed doing this because I took it over. These guys were like big Coke dealers and mm -hmm. I didn't realize it. And I like took, I basically went to the owner and I was like, you shouldn't do it with these Colombian guys. I'll make you way more money. Plus these you dudes are- think the Colombian guys had a lot of money? I didn't know, like I didn't know there were, I didn't know there were Coke dealers. I was like from the Amish. I thought everybody was nice. I just was like, these guys are breaking all kinds of rules. And once in a while, the fire department would shut up, show up oh, and wow. you get in big trouble. Right. And I was like the guy that owned it. I said, these dudes, they don't, they're going to get your license, liquor license taken away. So finally he had a, he didn't care because these Colombian dudes brought all the hottest women because of cocaine. He was bringing all the hot, they were bringing all the hot cokehead women. So, but I found his conservative business partner and I went to him and I was like, you need to know these guys are going to make you lose your list. And he threw them out, put me in. They tried to kill me once. It was like a 
months later. All right, what happened there? I want to know. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Basically, I remember it, Ricardo and Hernan, that was their name. Um, dude, I took away, like, they controlled, like, six clubs. And in the back, they were, like, selling coke and it was, like, all this. And uh, I was at a place and they, like, all of, like, ten dudes came in. I was like in a bathroom and I was like, these motherfuckers are going to kill me. Latin dudes carry knives a lot. My dad was stabbed. Like my dad took his shirt off and I was like, these dudes. And I told him, I was like, I was like, I forget what I said, but basically it was like fight or flight. I was like, you better kill me. Cause if you just half ass it, like I'm going to fucking get you back. And they kind of a little bit got scared and not scared. They were just kind of like bluffed because they were like pinning me in the back mm-hmm. of this place and that is when i rolled out that's when i got a whole bunch of security dudes i remember i got why didn't they hurt you like i said i was a weird i don't know that they were fully committed to it but it was like intimidation tech yeah but it was more they were these were like real deal dudes i didn't know that at the before but um yeah i got all i got these 10 big security guys to run my club out of brooklyn i had a seven foot two guy the next week i sent all of them to those dudes house in a car i mean in a van they rolled up and i said just go knock on the door and be like oh this is where you live don't say shit and these big one thing i've learned is colombian dudes are well i shouldn't say colombian everyone's afraid of big black guys it's like they're like the alpha of physical specimens and these dudes were all like seven foot two i had a guy that was seven two and six eleven two brothers and they just showed up on the house and they were like yo we work for ties like this where you live and, th- and then they went got back in the car and drove off that was in Never anything mm-hmm. happened after that. Like I said, uh, yeah, it was very opposite wow. the Amish. So how much capital opposite of the take, Amish? <laughs> it sounds like how much capital did it take to start up this nightclub? None, because I did like I just moved in, so maybe ten grand. You're doing promotion, right? So yeah, but I got I I, t- I took in a I was a partner with them. Okay, that was when I did my first. Is now I do a lot of M and A. You know, merger and acquisition. You can acquire one of the biggest things. I'm working on a book called The Way of the Billionaire. It's kind of what I've learned from mentors that are billionaires. And most entrepreneurs are very in love with the idea of starting something from scratch. Like you have an idea, you're in the shower, you grow it. But I mean, look at Elon Musk. It's like almost everything he's done in the last 20 years. Tesla was started by two guys, 2003. Mm-hmm. Elon comes and what does he do? He injects $6 million and takes the thing over in two rounds. And he didn't start. Twitter and he likes to buy existing stuff. So I tell people now it's a, I didn't know it back then, but it's a great strategy because you get all the momentum that's already there. And, um, that's why franchises, for example, like the average person who starts a business, I think it's something like 80% of new businesses fail, but only 5% of franchises fail. So people who buy a Taco Bell or McDonald's or Chick-fil-A because the concept is already fleshed out, you know? So when I got in that nightclub business, I didn't know had a very high chance of success because it was already like fleshed out, you know? Who is Mr. X? Oh, so Mr. X, when I bought, so when I took over as a nightclub, I fired everybody because they had all these crazy dudes working for him. But Giorgio, 
the main owner of the restaurant. He said, Ty, don't fire the doorman. I said, why? He's like, trust me. He goes, this guy is responsible for like 100 hot women a night will show up because he's there. So I was like, what? So I kept him. And um, and first day I met him, and the guy was, he was a strikingly good-looking dude. When you met, like, I'm, I'm straight, but you'd be like, oh, shit, I don't want, don't leave, what's the thing? Don't leave your girl around this guy. <laughs> but he was a cool dude, man. And um, he's the one who first told me about Scandinavia. Basically, he'd come to America to make enough money, go, and then he'd go live in Sweden, Denmark, Iceland. But he was the, he's the best guy I've ever met with women. And he was partly because he was good-looking, but... He would, he had, and I know a lot of the pickup artist guys and I respect those guys and the guys who teach social stuff and they're good, but none of them are. This guy was like also a natural. Most of the people who teach kind of started out nerdy then hacked the system to be better. But it's also cool to see a dude who started out like an 8.5, but also hacked the system and he was Mm -hmm. a 10. So one of the things I learned from, for example, like, I mean, this dude was shocking. And, And the thing is, he had the most beautiful women in love with him, like Victoria's Secret model. I've no, I think he's dead now. I've not heard from him in literally like five years. He lived a little bit crazy life as an alcoholic. But one of the things I said, his name was Drago, was his real name, Puerto Rican and Romanian. I was like, Drago, I've been out with you. Like you get shocking amount of women coming up to you. And I was like, what's your close rate on like getting a girl's number? He's like 50%. And I thought it was gonna be like, he got 90%. Yeah. And so now to myself, like when you're out and you, like even the best dude only gets 50. And I told him, how do you deal with rejection? He goes, I just tell myself, I'm looking for the women who have good taste. So if they say no to me, it's like, fuck them. They don't know what they're talking about. But it's a very confident guy. And, you know, he was, I remember last time I saw him, he's like, come to this club, Hollywood and Vine. And as I was driving there I was almost there he just like texted me he's like I met two sisters in the line I'm going home forget it I mean it was crazy wow. this dude if I could ever mate so I tried to yeah. make a whole course around him and mm-hmm. put him on video and he's like you know what I'm kind of shy so I just called it Mr. X and I like taught all that was my first course and it was so going really? back to yeah. this it was the the algorithm of a woman's brain and I think in terms of attraction. And I think there's 12 kind of algorithmic quick computations a woman makes with attraction. And interesting, a couple of years, about six years ago, I was in Vegas and I gave this talk. There was a dating conference and um, there was a dude in the back who came up to me, this old guy. And he's like, that was a pretty good talk, but you're missing one thing. I remember thinking, who is this guy? Turned out is Dr. David Buss. He's like the founder of the Harvard evolutionary psychology Mm. department. He's become my mentor. He's like, the smartest guy, probably the most respected psychologist alive right now on social dynamics. So he said my basic idea was right. I was missing stat. He said status, you're missing. Status is the most powerful thing. So you can be like, people don't realize like Justin Bieber is not tall. But Justin Bieber, I dated a girl who used to date him and she's like, I'd go over his house with like 40 women on the couch with just him. All of them like in love, you know, in love with him. But he was like, you know, he's like 5'8". Justin Bieber, yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying that, but he's not the richest guy. He's not the tallest. He's not the most alpha, you know, but he has this other thing, which is status, which means other people respect him Mm -hmm. on both both genders too. Yeah. But there's other things anyway, so. Can you list off maybe like two or three key components or key (laughs) features? This is for, you know, just anyone watching, you know, research purposes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, (laughs) look, I think women, um, 
I learned from Dr. Buss. I think I was wrong. I was missing. But so I think status is the most powerful. If you look, have you seen that recent meme where Jeff Bezos was with his girlfriend oh, and DiCaprio and was the there? Yes. So D- that was Laura wild. Sanchez, his yeah. girlfriend, is like looking at DiCaprio. She's with the richest man in the world. And here's DiCaprio. And she's just like, ha. Ah. Yeah. So she I always leaves t- him. Like, yes. straight up, like pulls away from him to go and talk to Leo. And the funny thing is, Leo seems completely disinterested. Yeah. Just could not care. And yeah. he's just like, you know, kind of making making amends to, you know, make sure everything's good. But That's there's Bezos crazy. and he's just looking. Yeah, because a lot of guys yeah. Bezos was one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Don't let your girl around no. DiCaprio. I, I went to a thing once. I, Rihanna had a party and I, I met DiCaprio. He's also not a big dude. He's a little guy. So I think that you asked me for the yeah. quick list. Um, I think women look at intelligence. I think they look at ambition. I think they look at how far you've come. I think they look at facial symmetry is one. I think they look at height is definitely one. Um, age range is one. Women, almost all cultures, women like older men, not necessarily crazy older. I think that women, so I, basically the, what women do, it's like, okay, if you're ugly in the face, but like I used to have these bouncers that work for me. Some of these dudes are like six, eight, 300 pounds, mm-hmm. Okay. Somewhat ugly as hell, but they're always going to pull some women being 6'8". Because that part of the computation of women goes to like a 10, and their face being ugly is like a 1. It kind of drag The algorithm pulls it up. So basically, you're born with a set of genetic parameters that limit you. And this isn't just for human sexual attraction, but this is also in every area. I mean, humans are extremely status-driven, and people don't realize that. You know, if you put 150 chickens... In a room, they all look the same to us, but the chickens know who's number one, two, three, four, five, all the way. They keep track of that pecking order. So there's a pecking order with people. I think most, that's why most dudes who are rich are ugly. Name a good looking, really a good looking, no, but like a Forbes guy. I I think you have like Zuckerberg. You have, I mean, there's a few. I don't know. Probably actors don't qualify for that. That Snapchat guy doesn't look too bad. Spiegel. Spiegel? Yeah, Spiegel. Yeah, Yeah, but he's like at the bottom. I'm talking about top of the Forbes list guys. You have, but Elon Musk is a good looking guy. Elon Musk, maybe. They're in their 60s and 70s. Like to be in the top. You got to be old. That is a good point. Older. Let's talk about like young, disproportionately rich. So the richest would be Zuckerberg. He's like not. A, he's still bad you know, he's still, looking. No woman has a poster of Zuckerberg. <laughs> no woman has a no. No woman's phone is set to Zuckerberg, man. This is a zero. Oh it's got There's three and a half billion women. Person. There's zero. One yeah, his person. wife maybe. <laughs> That's funny. No, that you parameter is like the top. There's got to be somebody. No, it, look. Yeah. What I'm saying is, yeah. it's disproportionately. I notice if like with investors, I have a big investor group, like these high net worth people. It's like there's a lot of. There's a lot physically wrong here. Beloved no, no, but I, yeah, hopefully they won't listen to this. I'm just going. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of Mr. X guys there. There's sure, none. Yeah, sure. There, I, I'm telling you, if you're if like if you have kids, don't you don't want your son to be like this Mr. X guy Drago that worked for me. He was a doorman, and he never had to be more than that to live a badass life. Like he just, you know. You look at the great people that do great things. You but, need kind of the but now, here's pain the thing, and suffering. I think to get to that level of wealth, you have to be so focused that right. you're working on the business and not socializing. Yes. So that aspect doesn't get nurtured and improved. Right. But do you think maybe it could be because they're not physically as attractive that they 
that they try to make a lot of money to compensate? I or think do you so. think it's just I think dudes compensate. Yeah. Men have you know, I think women do do. Feeling inferior is sometimes, I would say most of the time, a better driver and motivator yeah. than ambition, you know? Than yeah. just wanting to do a lot with your life. Like feeling like you need to catch up to be where you want. Name a beautiful scientist. Like people go in the lab, man. I remember my 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 buddy got his PhD. I probably shouldn't say it's not politically <laughs> correct, but I went to his graduation yeah. and he's like, I want you to look at the women graduating from here. He's like, Nate, I want you to rate one to 10 the beauty on this stage. Cause everybody was on stage. He's like, show me one five. And uh, so the hard truth is, yeah, humans have to cope all of us. And I, I, I saw that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Jamie Foxx said that recently. Mm -hmm. He's like, if it comes too easy, you ain't going to strive for it. You know what I mean? And that's why most sons or daughters of wealthy people, like, they lose it. Daddy made it. They lost it. They didn't have that drive. There's a few. I mean, Donald Trump's dad was successful, and he's kind of done well. But I was just like Tom Hanks. You know, you see, it's like drug addiction, oh, too. Like son Chet. Yeah, right? the sons yeah. just become. They don't have. You need that burning fire in you. You need to dance. Your childhood probably have to dance with the devil a little bit. You know, you look at Elon Musk. He's like a guy who was I think it was he strikes me as somebody who was like almost suicidal deep depression as a, as a child you know he did say he had an existential crisis at like 13. 12 yeah yeah he read a book mm -hmm. he said books people yeah. have criticized me because oh, I'll tell you, you don't need to read books I'm like dude Elon Musk's sister just wrote a thing recently he said I remember Elon growing up he read two books a day you know book changed his life Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm. he said that's what got him yeah. out of that 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 thing so yeah, I mean, think about it. And I, I think of humans, I think of myself as a homo sapien, a mammal. I don't necessarily think of myself, I think we're too narcissistic. So we think we're this other class of organism on earth. And, um, you know, the natural state of a dog, if you leave a dog enough food, enough warm play, it doesn't become a wolf, man. A wolf is out there hungry. And you see a wolf and it's like lean and it moves fast. So I, that's going back to these ratios. You need some trauma in your life. If you have too much trauma, the ratio gets out of whack and you become kind of insane. So humans, they say at one point in human history, there was a hundred humans in the last ice age. Say maybe only a hundred humans. We're all the descendants of like a hundred, 200 survivors, mm. which makes you wonder. It's like, okay, how'd you go from 200 to a lot? A lot of people were yeah. a lot of people were dating their sister back then. No Tinder. It. You had to. I can it's explain like, a lot of people today, yeah. man. Yeah. West Virginia, man. <laughs> so I think let's yeah. let's continue on the storyline a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. because uh, most people know you obviously from the commercials and ads and right. stuff like that. It's where you got billions of views or whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's keep. Uh, so after this this uh, nightclub thing, how much yeah. money do you think you were making from that nightclub at that time? I was big. I mean, those two businesses, I don't, I wasn't even making a million, but I, I was living, I didn't have much expenses. So I was living a good life. Out, I don't know, maybe half a million a year. Half a million what, at yeah. what age? And my, that was still my twenties, you know, or mid early to not early mid twenties. Mid twenties. So that was good. But, <laughs> but it's all about like, I look back and that's actually a sweet spot for people to be in. Because I, I, you didn't, there was no, I didn't need anything fancy. I didn't, I didn't even really realize like LA Beverly Hills. I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm. So for me, all that extra money was like freedom. 
I started, I remember I was dating this girl, Shara, and she goes, I want to go to Puerto Rico. They have the world salsa dancing competition. And I had grown up kind of poverty mentality. So I immediately was like, no, I can't go. It took me, I had to reprogram myself that, wait a sec, I actually have money in the bank. So I said no. And then like 10 minutes later, I was like, why can't I go? Googled it was like $500 to go. And I go, oh, I can get a ticker for you. And she goes, oh, now I can't go. My friend Amanda is visiting me. And I said, I can buy her a ticket too. So it was like a time of mm. great freedom. I actually liked that time. There were around that time, there was a time when um, I got like my first nice cars, like Ferrari, Maserati. Mm. And I just, I remember I just moved to LA and I kind of got burnt out. And I was like, I'm just going to get in a car and drive. And I drove for a year. I went LA, I went to Dallas. I met oh, this wow. girl there like randomly and we moved in together for like a month or two. And then I forget, I don't know if she got sick of me or I got sick of her. Like I moved out, I went to Miami. Wow. I you still running the nightclub in the car? No, so I had set it up. So I set up that one of my friends took it over. <clears throat> I gave him 20% of the business and I didn't even have to show up. Now, when you do that, it slowly goes downhill. I just want you yeah, to know. Yeah. But I was. it still spun off enough money. It went to like half. But I, sometimes I think it's like, would you rather make 100% of the money and have to be there all the time or 50% of the money? There's two, the two big billionaires in American history is J.D. Rockefeller. He was worth estimated $600 billion in today's dollars. And then Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, who was worth about three or $400 billion. But Carnegie early, he kind of did the four-hour work week thing of... Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. I, I just reread, he wrote a book called The Gospel of Wealth. And he sold his company in 1901 for $350 million. Just let, you know how much money that was? I mean, that day he was the richest man in the world. <clears throat> and he said, um, he looked down on people that had to work all day. He said, if you're a good entrepreneur, you pack it in efficiently in the morning. He's like, I work, I double check everybody's. So that Carnegie is the most underrated probably person to study. So back then with my nightclubs, when I was traveling, I inadvertently kind of did the Carnegie thing. I didn't do it as well as Carnegie because you should check up every day. I was, cause you see a lot of entrepreneurs are like a lot of advice. I think most of the advice, half the advice I see online now from people teaching business is very dangerous advice. Cause it's like 90% true, but the 10% that's not will kill you. And one of those things is like, you set up a business, you systematize it, you get other people running it for you, and then you can basically, you know, but that's, it's not true. I've tried that. It's a very deadly thing. What you can do, systematize the business, put someone else to run it, and double check it every day for a short period of time, like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So Sam Walton called that the Walt, the Walmart founder. He yeah. called that over-the-shoulder management. So when I was traveling, I took the nightclubs and I would only check on them like once a month. I was like, man, if I only knew that advice, I would have called the dude once a day. That's what Carnegie would do. He'd be like 9 a.m. He'd call his main manager and be like, report to me. What's up? Show me the financials from yesterday. Da, 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 da. And so since I, as I traveled around the U.S. for a year, after about a year, that business kind of dissipated down, you mm -hmm. know, but, but it was fun. It was free. I was free. You sleeping? You know? I just go to hotels. I had enough money, man. I would go to Montreal. I stayed there for a month. I was just, that was my favorite life. Were you spending most of what you made or you were investing at all? Um, I was investing. I would say I was, it was a combination, but I wasn't making crazy money. I mean, if you make 500,000 after taxes, it's not insane money, you mm -hmm. know? 
taxes, people don't realize, eat you up. Right. And then, in general, the more money you make, the more you're going to spend. So, it was a decent. It wasn't. I wasn't burning through all of it, but I wasn't building a. Yeah. I wasn't like. A at what Evan At what Spiegel. point though did you decide to change that lifestyle and dive into something else? About the time you met me, a little really? bit, a little bit after that, probably 2009. I don't even know why either. I think it was probably meeting Graham. Uh, it was probably, saying, it probably was, set that yeah. into motion. I was like, I never want to live in this place <laughs> that he brought me to. It's like, I have to create, yeah. make money, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah. I think now, like, this year, my holding company, I, I have a holding company, so I own a lot of brands. It's going to do probably $850 million of revenue. And back then, I was, like, trying to do a million. But, you know, in many ways... um. I guess I pushed the limits of my ambition to try to see where I, I think that there's the most noble way to think about it. Live life is to keep all the things in balance, but yeah, uh, 2009 yeah. things were very much in balance. How did you get on the, the show with Patty? What was your Patty Schlesinger? Patty Stanger. Stanger. Yeah. For yeah. millionaire. Mesh. Yeah. how do you get on Dude, that? my friend, Sam Rima was this playboy casting guy that I had met at the playboy mansion. And, but he was also casting for non playboy stuff. I was, he wasn't trying to cast me. In playboy. <laughs> I don't have your looks, Graham. So, but anyway, he, he goes, uh, yo, there's this show. Why don't you come down? So I just showed up and you had to, you had to show you're a millionaire. And that was like, right when I had kind of could show <laughs> that like I was a million millionaire. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, Aha! <laughs> and uh, cool. and I got on that show. That was great. That was like that was in the MySpace days. Yeah. Can you explain what exactly that show is? It was just like a dating show. It's like all the guys are supposed to be millionaires. You go out with women. It was kind of half scripted, half. It's like the I, Bachelor I, meets that was, billionaire. That was my guilty pleasure. I you like that Bra show? I think it was on Bravo. <laughs> yeah, Bravo. Right? <laughs> I loved it. So they get the two millionaires together, and the millionaires are always very eccentric. Yeah. Like one guy was like, who was getting fed grapes? I forget. Maybe that was his. <laughs> that wasn't me. That wasn't, you, that wasn't me. I wasn't a grape. He was on the couch and wanted to be fed grapes. <laughs> it was just some wild stuff. <laughs> but they interview the two millionaires, find out who they like, and then right. have a mixer where there's maybe like 15 to 20 women down there. And yes. they just kind of talk. So and, two millionaires and two 20, millionaires, women. 20 yeah. women. It's, it's I mean, kind of like The Bachelor yeah. on crack, on, on financial <laughs> within, steroids. Within 60 minutes. 60 uh, minutes. Yeah, they had 60 minutes. Um, but, but they met people that they wanted to go on a date with and then you pick this yeah you you maybe pick five that you want wow. to talk to for 20 minutes one-on-one -on -one, and then you pick one yeah. to go on a date with i went on a boat which was my you. mistake i was there i hate boats i get seasick so i was in a bad mood on that damn boat and then i didn't get along with the main lady it was yeah. her show wait with like the host of the yeah show? <laughs> so it was like <laughs> How i learned don't do that i just she just she was uh we were both two strong-willed people she did, she wanted me to wear a different shirt. Oh, we and my friend played a joke. Yeah, it took too long to do our wardrobe, so we just went out and met the girls with no shirt on, just as a joke. Which I was like, it's California if we're a fuck. And she was like, really thought that was bad. I was like, don't be so was old that, fashioned. None of that was scripted. That was your no. That wasn't what happened. They had us on this like you know where you get like powdered up and yeah. sitting. And so we had to, something about our shirt. I guess the makeup. They were trying to put makeup, and I was finally like. Ah, I'm here. It was hot. So I just took my shirt off and went out 
to meet the women and they just kept the cameras rolling. My episode was like number one most really? watched for like five years. Because the shirtless gaggy? Yeah, that and because I didn't get along with Patty. <laughs> so I went they, to they, see they, her like two years funny. later. She was yeah. doing a book signing and I went there to say hi. She yeah. wouldn't talk Are to me. Are you serious? Because I'm like, it's not like I punched you in the face. Yeah, she was very sensitive. She would, but she was became wow. super she successful. Be happy yeah. Because of you know, oh, it was good ratings. Yeah, you want somebody like me. You want it was like before the Kardashians. You need Did you like do that. it knowing it would be a viral. No, bit, or you I didn't like, know that the camera followed. This me. This was before a lot of virality. Yeah, I mean, this was like before I've always been able like to go that, viral. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes to my Gosh. own, uh, you know, to my own harm. But yeah, that went. I remember waking up and yeah. like it was funny. So this is going back yeah. to like women. Certain went. Were like mad. They're like, you're not a gentleman. You took your shirt off to meet this. So I had on MySpace. This is on MySpace. Yeah. I get all this backlash from. But then there was these other women who all the women who kind of like like eccentric dudes. And I remember, man, the most beautiful one of the most beautiful women in L.A. Just like started hanging out with me, and I was like, that's why I tell you, don't ever go by the hard and fast rules. There's a woman who likes every type of dude. Goofy dude, eccentric dude, you know, weird. Certainly some dudes get more volume. I mean, get more of a percentage yeah. of the cohort of humans, but uh, yeah. So for you, where's the point of diminishing returns for money? People always ask me, it's like, Ty, what's your net worth? I'm like, I want my net worth online to be relatively low. I think you want your net worth to be, as a dude, I, can only, I can't speak for life yeah. as a woman, but I can speak for life as a man. Like you want 5 million to be your net worth online because- if you lose anything, if you lose a male or woman who Googles you at 5 million, you didn't want them as friends. You didn't want them in your life. And 5 million shows that you're like enough, you know, that you are good enough. But, no. but why 5 versus 10? At 5, I heard. 10 that. means you maybe could be too focused on money. Mm -hmm. 5 means you're just a diligent investor and you're just. Well, I'm saying even if you're worth 50, you, know? you want yeah. your damn. Well, I, you want to be five. 5. I remember yeah. when I first moved into this place in Beverly Hills that everybody kind of saw yeah. that video. The first month I had a maid come, her first day on the job, like, oh, she didn't show up the second day. A week later, I get this letter. She was suing our health insurance. She said she slipped on a banana peel. I remember thinking, it's like, she doesn't even have it. She just made something up to try to make money. You know, she Speaking lost. of which, Jeff Bezos is housekeeper yeah. suing him. For uh, improper work conditions. Yeah. She said that there was not a proper rest area or restroom yes. for her to use in his house. Dude, if you're, you know, Graham, Graham forced I, I, me into a, a closet one time. Uh, but, you know, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna get after that later. In the closet. <laughs> uh, but they say that she was fired for poor work performance and that she was making over $100,000 a year. Oh, yeah. my How God. How much was she saying? She doesn't say. Point. Undisclosed amount. I think the, like the goal million. is usually to say a huge amount and then yeah, settle. Of right. course. And so even if she settles yeah. 500,000 bucks, for him it's a penny. Yes. She goes away and she makes 500 grand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. So basically a, you're saying if you show that you yeah. have a high net worth, it, it makes opens you up to predators losses. that could yeah. potentially come in. In America, yeah. it's like it, America's so lit. It's the kind of the end of America if people don't realize it's like the legal system's out of whack. You can't have, that's what destroys the civilization is too many people preying on stupid things, you know? So, yeah, that's like, so going back to diminishing yeah. returns, I mean, man, make, you're a dude. And now I have a lot of followers. I actually pulled my followers on Twitter like a month ago. I said, what 
is your minimum goal, you'll be happy. And it was, I was surprised. Like I put a hundred thousand a year, 300,000, 500, a million, a million one in like a landslide. So I don't know if it's inflation that everybody thinks you need a million or I think now with TikTok and everything, it's like social media is reprogramming people's brains. This is a million dollars, just like an annual, uh, annual, annual. And yeah, yeah, they were thinking dollars. of it, I think as net. But how like, many people just say a million dollars? You're like, hey, that's cool. And they just click a million without thinking about it. Uh, maybe, but I actually think it's reflecting like what social media is doing. I mean, you go on social media and it's like, People were bothered that I put Lamborghinis. It's like Lamborghinis and like, I, I, I got a kick out of this TikTok I saw. It's like some kid, he's 21. He's like, this is my struggle. This is my journey. He's like one year ago, I was working at McDonald's. Four months later, I learned how to whatever, day trade Forex or something. And now- Oh, I think I know who you're talking Now 12 about. months later, I'm driving my Lambo, traveling the world in Dubai. Yep. And, and I was going, and he's like, don't give up. I'm going, is that a struggle? It's like, <laughs> bro, I struggled for like four Dude, weeks. I react to that guy pain. on the second channel. It's the guy that you're thinking about. It's <laughs> so fun. But I'm saying that's yeah. like re the Chinese, there's this theory, you know, that the Chinese are using TikTok to reprogram civilization. Yep. Uh, it might be true. That algorithm is like tweaking people's brains. I saw Jordan Peterson, a psychologist, you know, he said, now a boy, a teenager, is exposed to more beautiful women than he would have ever seen in his entire life a hundred years ago. Yeah. So it's like now people's standards are like, everybody's, and women are all depressed because your feed is just full of light. So it's a, it's a weird one. That's So you have to really control your brain now in the modern world. And you have to say, let me stay logical. Let me not be reprogrammed by somebody else's happy life algorithm let me know what I want, you know, and I, but I do think some of the algorithms good, like well, here's people the thing. are more people, fit now. Nobody has critical thinking skills. Right. Very few people have the ability to see something and think, what do I think? And give their own opinion right. based on everything else. So many people to see that and they're like, that must be a fact because it has 20 million views on TikTok. X amount of people liked it. And then you get served everything else that yes. just reinforces that. I think it's a huge problem. Yeah, oh, I TikTok do. is, I think, the worst for misinformation. Worse than YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Why do you think so? Uh, because their algorithm is so potent that I think it, it'll zone into whatever you're going to watch. And right. I think uh, misdiagnosing medical conditions is one of the uh. biggest problem on TikTok. And now people are getting self-diagnosed with tics, oh, with, right. with certain Tourette's syndromes, yeah. uh, ADHD. There's so many things that'll just keep Showing yeah. well, it's also super biased. So, for example, if yeah. you lean into one thing, right. it'll yes. just basically like yes. reaffirm that it's whatever an echo you're chamber. Into. It's yeah, exactly. Terrible. You could be on conservative TikTok, yeah. liberal TikTok, yeah. and it just keeps feeding that to you, and you just become more extreme in whatever behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of TikTok, Ty, I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts on Andrew Tate are. <laughs> I get people the, have he, compared Andrew Tate's <laughs> marketing. You know, like right. yeah, he's always appeared to basically everywhere on yeah, everyone's right. screen similar to your marketing yep. back in like you know the early two, uh two yeah. 2010s yeah i got i get that's like a really common question it's funny before he was famous he was like dming me before in like a couple years ago and so we we and him talk um recently i was we were gonna meet up in london and then i like went to dm and he's gone off instagram mm. and we got banned and i didn't have i had to yeah. go on his website and do his little instant messenger and i was like yo we were gonna meet up can <laughs> i talk to andrew and so the dude is like an assistant is like i don't believe you're ty lopez i was like i'm really ty lopez they're like you're gonna have to prove it I was like, okay, go on Telegram. I had to like shoot a video like, yo, this is actually me. <laughs> All the people that go viral, the Gary V's, the Grant Cardone's, the Joe Rogan's, you know, the Tate's, they're sharp. And most of it's hard to go viral 
for a long period of time unless you have some unique angle. So I th- I put them in, you know, high IQ person that and takes a belief to the nth degree. That's what real like the algorithm rewards extremes. Right? Yeah, I was about to say. It yeah. rewards extremes, which is for good or bad, you know, the Kardashians, Kanye, Kanye is probably the most Google yes. person, Donald Trump Elon can be pretty extreme. He says all this stuff on TikTok, uh, on Twitter that like gets him in trouble with the SEC. So I mean, there's a good and bad to that. In this, and I've been there too. Like I've showed an extreme side. It was actually in my life, but I showed it, and it was like super extreme to the average person. You know, it's like living this life in Hollywood and people. And so when I talk about reading a book a day, that was at the beginning before I really went viral. But that was kind of extreme, and people were like ah, but it went viral. So I think, you know, whether it's Tate or Trump or Kanye or AOC, like on yeah. the left side or Ben Shapiro and stuff, the, the algorithm's going to reward extreme views for good or bad. And so to some extent, that's great for society. There's Because like a Tate, he brings out these concepts that everybody was afraid to say, mm-hmm. which is like maybe radical feminism or something or kind of, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I I try to not use social media that much, except I'm like a drug dealer. I'll deal it, but I don't want to use it for myself. So I try to limit my scrolling through the algorithm. But unless it's funny videos, that's what I, that's the best use of social media. Like funny videos is the best pranks and all that. But, um, you know, I remember the first time I really saw Andrew Tate was talking about how men are lonely. And that was a that one video clip. He's like, a woman will never understand and I think social media from like 2018 to 20, whatever, 21 had flipped so strong to like the woman's side of view. And men kind of felt like, well, you know, I don't get represented. So Tate came in and was like saying what people were thinking. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how Trump, whether you like him or not, I'm not that political. He says a lot of stuff that people think. I remember yeah. I was watching something he said where he goes, why do we have to pay NATO? It's like, why do we have to pay to protect Germany? They should have to fucking pay their proportionate amount. First president to say that it's Mm. true. It's logical. Like, but that's one of those touchy things. Like, do you want to say that? So Tate is good at saying what a couple hundred million people are thinking. Peterson and uh, Jordan Jordan Peterson Peterson, does that too. If He's anyone here knows Jordan Peterson. Oh, we'd love to have him on the podcast. We would love yeah. to have him on the podcast. This is yeah. an open yeah. invitation to have Jordan yeah. on. Yeah, he's now he's part of the Ben Shapiro. Ben's I know Ben Shapiro, and they're he's kind of linked up with the Daily Wire, and mm-hmm. Ben's killing it. They got that app with some insanity amount of people paying ten bucks a month. Yeah, and I don't know how Ben Shapiro posts so much. I see yeah. his I see his feed, and he's posting like four times a day. I need to start. My brand's been yeah. like the last three years I've been too busy. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. working on a show which is like money talk kind of show yeah. a little bit where yeah. I'm going to do. I, I like talking about what I call the good life because I think. The Socrates good life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good that you know that, Thanks. you know, he called it. He had a different word for it, like a Greek word. But that's what I was talking about, the ratios of the good life. So my show, I, I try to talk, even though it's I'm, I'm known so much more for the money side because that was the most extreme yeah. side. But it's not my real belief. Like I do think Steve Jobs said, you know, I didn't want to be the richest man in, in the graveyard, but he was because he sucked at understanding health. He had like wacky theories of eating bananas and he took it and then you die of pancreatic cancer. They say it's not related, but I'm like, well... Couldn't have helped. And so I think to me, I think you 
I think I try to not just talk about money, even though, but that's what people want yeah. me to talk about. Well, let's that's talk about money really want. quick. How okay. did you start off with that uh, here in my garage? Where were you at in, in your life when that yeah, in my garage? I want to hear this story on this. So I was living in the Hollywood Hills, had a badass. I enjoyed my life. It was an amazing life. I was at a mastermind. Somebody's like, you do good on YouTube and you should do YouTube ads to boost your stuff. I was at a mastermind. So I tell people to go to like masterminds and conferences. I don't even remember who was sitting next to me. I, I thought on it and I had just bought this, got this Lamborghini. I was dating this girl and she, I was like, she wanted to be Batwoman. And I was like, I'll be Batman. I'm gonna get a black Lamborghini. I wanted one anyway. And so that was in October. 2014 and then i go let me listen to this dude and do start boosting some ads so i shot a video with my friend jeremy and it i tried to do it as an ad and it made like no money i lost 20 grand mm -hmm. i spent 20 grand in december 2014 and i made like one grand back and um but i knew enough about marketing that it's all about a b testing iteration so i didn't give up i went for new year's i went to paris uh for new year's and when I was there, my assistant, you know, Nathan, Nathan, I, I loved books. I had all these, I would order crazy amount of books. I did, was doing that back on the Amish days. I would like all my money I'd spend on books and yeah. be delivered. You know, it was like Amazon was first starting. They delivered to the Amish, <laughs> Amazon shipments, <laughs> not on horseback. How, like, how would you know. order the Amazon? Though? I would like, they didn't have a phone, but yeah. you could go use like a pay phone. Oh my gosh. So I'd like call somebody who would order them for me. I'd be oh, like, wow. he, I, I forget the whole, but I had like a, yeah. I also would get these vintage books. But anyway, so I went and I took that, I shot a nut. Oh, he called me. Yeah. I'm in Paris. Ty, what do I do with all these books? So I had like crazy amount of books and I'd filled up the entire house. I had a pretty big house. I said, yo, buy bookshelves and stick them in the garage. I'll be back and I'll figure it out. So I came back first week of first couple of weeks of January and there's all these books there. And, um, it was, a, I remember it was a Sunday. It was like January 18th or 19th. And my friend called me. I had, I had this really smart friend who's now my business partner, Dr. Alex Mayer. And he had said some advice to me. He would come down from San Fran. He was building his tech company. He sold it a couple of years ago for $300 million. But back in 2014, he was building it. And he came down to visit me. And I was like, let's go out to a club. And he's like, you know, partying's overrated, Ty. And he kind of like chastised me. And I was like, damn, okay. So he was gone at that point. He had gone back to San Francisco. But that Sunday, I was supposed to go out to a club with a friend. And they texted me like, where are you? And I texted back, partying is overrated. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to make some content. So I was all alone that day because I was no one. Was, I was supposed to meet everybody. And I just grabbed a camera and I knew I knew about copywriting. Mm -hmm. I started copywriting like many years. I was doing that even kind of in the nightclub days. And so I, I just wrote out some like opening things. And I knew, you know, there's 25 scientific cognitive biases. Scientists identify these ways that the human brain makes a decision they call it heuristics like our brain is like a branching mm. set of like a branch if you say this yes then it branches two more times so one of the branches that's where they get this concept of a hook or like a pattern interrupt so i go what's a good pattern interrupt and speaking of sunset plaza do you know sushiya sushi of course so i've place. had a lot of interesting yeah. breakthroughs i met a dude in 2007 who told me basically told me to buy 
Bitcoin before it existed. He's like this new digital thing. His name's Brock Pierce. I don't know if you know who he is. He's no. a billionaire now. I had a dinner with him at Sushiya, mm. but I also had would observe. It's this place. It's kind of like the dude who owns Sushiya has the most beautiful women working as waitresses. It's a good business model. Okay, he they're always like, out front because they're they, yes. they're on the sidewalk. So yes. and they'll say hi to everybody yes. every time you walk by. Hi, how are you? Every dude goes there because guy. they think these women like them. I'm like, <laughs> ah, okay. But I had noticed one pattern when the most beautiful actress woman in Hollywood walked by all, if you'd watch, I was been a student in psychology. You'd like all men's eyes will follow her. But if a badass car was going by at the same time as a girl, mm -hmm. the dudes would override looking yes. at the woman and look at the car. So that, that Sunday night I'm sitting in my kitchen and I'm like, what's a good hit hook? I'm like, you know what's powerful and even sex, beauty, a damn Lambo. So I'm like, <laughs> let me say here, I'm here my, so, and I also knew like authority, right? So what's an authority city to say where you are? If I'm like, yo, I'm here in, you know, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. It's not, it's not like good copywriting, right. but I was in Hollywood Hills and everybody kind of knows Hollywood. So I was like working it in. I, I didn't script the whole thing out, but I just kind of like, Wrote a rough S line. Mm. I was like, okay, put in Hollywood Hills, Lamborghinis, good. But then I was like, okay, don't sound too materialistic. Bring, use these hooks to bring people around to something worthwhile for civilization, which is like books have changed the world, man. You know, it's like, and you can track human civilization really changing from the invention of the Gutenberg press in 2015, mm. I mean, in, uh, in uh, the 1500s. So I wrote here in my garage. Just got this new Lamborghini, and I was like, "This hook's gonna cook Dude, people right here." Yeah. So cool. <laughs> oh my gosh! I said, "But it's you know incredible. what I what I like more?" And I and I practiced that pan. I probably shot that fifteen times because so the cool. pan. I went the wrong way a few times, and I was like, <laughs> "Let me pan around." It was before like your iPhone; you couldn't tap to flip right. as good. So I was like, I was kind of like, "Should I flip? Wow. Do I turn my phone around?" So I was like, "Let me just pivot." Yeah. And I was like, "But what I like more is is." books knowledge yeah and boy that phrase it's actually like a good thing i'm like you know if you <laughs> if something i'm gonna be remembered for some kind of meme thing at least it's like the word knowledge it's like yeah. actually a useful word for civil like focus humans on knowing shit that's what makes humans different than other species it's, if you really think about it, it's like dogs can run faster gorillas are stronger but humans have the ability to collect collate and act upon knowledge very quickly mm -hmm. not at not just instinct like your dog the only knowledge and i like your dog but he's not the smartest tool in the shed right the average dog has an iq of like 20 to 30. Mm. they can't really? yeah they're it's smarter high. than i thought yeah, yeah well like border collie you have a smarter kind of dog yeah. like border collies are pretty smart okay i've seen my friend has a dog alex has a dog that dog may not even have an iq it's <laughs> the dumbest dog in the world Gosh. it is wife has a dog that still doesn't know his own name oh, no. <laughs> i mean i'm like it got that you know what's that little dog has lexi i mean it is the dumbest dog so yes you're yeah. right okay. so the smarter dogs are 30 sure. but anyway so i did that knowledge thing but then what people don't realize is it was i re i hate watching myself on video okay I only, I did not watch here in my garage after I shot it until like two months ago. Really? Yeah. I don't like it. It's like, do you really like watching yourself on camera? It's like, fuck that. Did you I'm not have to edit it or did you just send the footage? No, I set it off. Oh, really? I sent it off. My friend did it. 
You probably saw little clips of it because you. Yeah, yeah I've seen clips. Yeah. You get an yes. ad. Oh, right. for sure. Like, <laughs> I, I saw, but but I I went like two months ago and I watched the whole thing and I was like, that the reason that worked because it was good yeah. copywriting. It was. And then I what I did script was the landing page video, so there was an hour lander selling the sixty seven steps, and that I pretty much wrote out and almost that, on a script. Now wasn't that sixty seven dollars a month? Yes, was it, a, it, was it was a, a month buck a month. Yeah. You get one video, that course, you know. I traveled around the world, dude. People come up to me and are like, that thing changed my life. It's actually a pretty powerful, that that 67 steps is a pretty powerful thing. So, I just had yeah. somebody take them and turn it into a book. And yeah. I asked them to like transcribe it. And they're like, holy fuck. They're like, you should get this out. It's I had to revise it because it would be uh, 2,000 pages. Because oh, wow. it's 67 hours of talking. Yeah, so like now I'm curious when you when you first ran that was it mm -hmm. an immediate success? Yes. It was it crushed. So I turned it on. I shot it on a Sunday, and let's say I turned the act, edited it Monday, Tuesday. My editors got up Wednesday. I had a conference. Remember we used to do the Roosevelt? Were you ever at yeah, any yeah. of those? Yeah. So the Roosevelt, you know, yeah, hotel. hotel. Mm -hmm. I had a conference there. I was still doing some like self help stuff. Okay. I go there and I'm talking in the morning, and in the back is my friend. And he's laughing the whole time. And I walk back there and I'm like, what's so funny? He's like, bro, look at this. And it's like, we spend like 50 grand on ads yeah. and make like 130,000 back in the same day. Wow. It was like, he was like, what the fuck? He's like, it was before targeting. Yeah. That's why I say you have to, wealth is created by a combination of many things, but <clears throat> one of them is catching new trends early. And you were talking about how humans aren't free thinkers. Mm -hmm. So, so, and what happens is what it really comes down to, it wasn't until recently that a scientist actually came up with this term of risk averse. Humans are risk averse. That's in our DNA. It's like humans a thousand years ago, if they took too much risk, they fell off a cliff or they didn't have glasses. They didn't have antibiotics. You didn't have all the things we have now. So taking risks was very dangerous. So new trends like Elon Musk caught EV cars when they were kind of doubted that they'd be a real thing. Or Jeff mm -hmm. Bezos built a website in 1994. So all these wealthy people, for the most part, are catching trends early. And I'm not on the level of a Elon Musk or whatever, but just catching that little YouTube ad, there was no competition. Nobody was, I was the only person who was like a personal brand. There was one guy, Six Pack Shortcuts. I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember that. I don't. Mike Chang, he was teaching you like, oh, he yes, was an Asian do. guy yeah, yeah. and he was like, oh, he's always rip. in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he was, like, that, yeah. Oh, he was like, buy my course. But there was nobody yeah. doing it besides like Six Pack Shortcuts. So it just like printed money. It was like, <laughs> and I've seen that over and over. Actually in 2009, I had built some, I got in the Facebook beta program. Mm -hmm. I'd seen the same thing, but it wasn't on the level of YouTube. Yeah. Like Facebook ads, I would spend, this is in maybe 2000, I think it was 2009. I'd spend like two grand and make 20 grand back. I used to make 10 ROAS wow. right away. But Facebook didn't have, like YouTube has that visceral video experience. And Facebook back then wasn't really video. So it was just like image ads. So I had seen catching, and like I said, when I started in Google AdWords, being one of the first person, I could make $1,500 off $150 spent, 10X. Wow. Facebook had that, but YouTube was just like super extreme. How much were you making from that? Like how much did that 67 I'm steps making. make? Oh, it made like probably now maybe it's made almost 100 mil but let's that say let's say conservatively yeah. 75 
I, I I checked years ago. It was yeah. like seven. I remember. <laughs> but that's that's in revenue, right? Yeah. But it was high margin. Right. I mean, it's just the cost of ads, which. Yes. But after a while, it was people were just buying it on their own. They would tell their friend about 10 million bucks in ads, maybe 15. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're probably talking. They probably talk. Let's just I don't know. But I put a lot of that money back into growing my brand. Like I I, because or else you pay too much taxes. Like it's you is. I was living right. in California, yeah. man. You I mean, don't want to make 20, 30 You were living months. in that house. How much yeah. was it? Like 50 grand a month, right? 60? You mean in Beverly Hills? Yeah. No, that was 93,000 a month. I lived there. How? How is it? Yeah. Expensive. Cause that much? It was 17,000 19 bathrooms and 17 bedrooms. It was a big house. Wow. Wait, remember, that's where you made the video, though? No, no, that was in the place before. That was in 2014. Then I moved in oh. about 2016. Right, because I doubt you would have been able to afford 93 no. before that. Oh, my no. gosh. I wouldn't like, even have thought of yeah. it. That came later. That The reason I got such a big house, that 93000 is I had an office in Sunset Plaza. Right yeah. next to Sunset Plaza, there's this place. And I had two floors there. And it was 60000 a month, right? And then I did the math. I was like, I can fit all these people in this one. I saw this one house. Is that the one it. in the corner of La Cienega? Or no? No. Okay. No, that was in Beverly Hills. Okay. And I just did the math and I was like, I can just put my 50 staff people in this house and have a house for a, not much more than I'm paying for an office. So I, it made economic sense. It wasn't just me sure. living alone for, I, I wouldn't do that. It's too much. It's like too excessive. But it was a great office, especially for shooting content because mm-hmm. I had all my video people there. It had a separate gym, basketball court, swimming pool. It was. A, I did the first big influencer party. I had twelve hundred people, dude. You know how many big people came out of that party? I was like, that. I Jake Paul and Logan Paul were just. You know they were in my courses. I was yeah. just on the Logan Paul thing. He's like, dude, we got in your courses. Yeah, oh, wow. they start out and like I was doing this. I did a party early twenty sixteen. I was like, come, you have to have. I forget what was it, 500,000 followers? Anyway, 1,200 people showed up in my backyard. It was insane. I said, let's take a picture. This will reach the most people of any picture in human history. And it was like a billion people. I counted up a far. It was all these people, like Madison Beer was now Matt. These people were like just that big then. It's like mm. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, this all this. A lot of people from Vine, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was all that Vine kind of wow. early YouTubers. So that house was very strategic. I've thought of going back to that house. I got a lot of flack people are like bro you rented this i'm like oh yeah it's a rental yeah but i'm like people thought it was a rental for like one day i'm like i was there for five i think i four years so i'm like "Eh." i mean the one thing with the rental you're able to write it off hell yeah and also when you think of the cost it would be to buy that house and it's you would pay more money to buy it than rent it beverly hills is terrible the property the the roi in the beverly hills flats Yes. Is like if you bought a house and rented it out, you would be lucky to get maybe a two percent return on your money. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, that's why I tell people time the market. So you do you just do the math whether you should lease or own. Right now with Fed raising interest mm-hmm. rates, now's the time to come back in and buy. But Beverly Hills is not a place that will be affected by the Fed. Mm. It's an unleveraged place. Everybody's rich. Yeah. So no, those that house. If you do the math, way smarter to rent. Yeah way smarter it's like 40 million dollar house and you can rent it for a million bucks yeah and i remember the ads you filmed in those houses i shot so much content there they were those ads would keep me watching because i'd always be curious of like what what like you were gonna get to my favorite ad was when he goes into the car and he's like showing you a pink slip or something yeah that was like h3 h3 yeah 
H3H3 came to you. Know, you know who H3H3 yeah, is? Course, yeah. So, like, the first time, I always, you always get a little bit of hate, but the first dude that had a big following that hated on me was really H3H3. Usually, people would do a little hater video. I'd check my Insta DMs. You'd have like one a day out of mm. 10,000 DMs saying, I hate you or whatever. Yeah. Dude, H3H3, I woke up one day and it was like, what the fuck? I checked my DMs. It's like, ah. And he had made that video and he's like, oh. So I remember being like, should I retaliate or I'm just going to reach out? And I invited him yeah. to the house. And when he came there, he, I was like, let me show you the <laughs> fucking, you know, it's got my name on the what was damn his, title what was of his the accusation car. that it was a, the rental for the day or it something. Was every, or like, it was like one of these crazy videos that yeah. he does. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like part goofy, part yeah, serious yeah. accusations. But we became friends after. Then he had me on his podcast, yeah. you know, and he, he, so it's like that house was good. It was a hub. I Sometimes I'm like, I should still be in that house. I've thought of, I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll go back to that house. It's a good social media. Yeah. It's just like a, LA now is a social media hub of the world. I mean, it's like the most, maybe you can do that in Miami. It's just California. You know I don't like yeah. the taxes and all that stuff. You know, it's funny. It's one of my most viewed videos in the first, I don't know, maybe the first year when I started my channel was breaking down your video. Okay. And yeah. it was why Ty Lopez ads are so effective. And I okay. went through your your ads and would break down why they work so well. Yeah. And how I think it was the pattern interrupt was something yeah. that I mentioned in there. The storyline, but you kept deviating from the story. You're like, I'm yeah. gonna tell you the, the five ways to get rich. Oh, by the way, this Lambo over here, yeah. I got this. This is so much fun to drive. All right. So the first thing you need to do, uh, you know what? Yeah. Actually, it's going to be too long. Sign up down below. Put in your email. Yeah. It's always the email. Right. And I followed the whole thing because I was so curious why it was so effective. And I studied that because I found yeah. it so interesting. That's what that's and, what Logan yeah. Paul said when I met him. He's like, dude, I would yeah. watch your video and be like, what is this guy doing? But really, it's like I said, you have these 25 cognitive biases. I've actually, I've got my own. So now I think there's like 40 cognitive biases. I've come up with kind of subsets really going deep in psychology, but you have things like content fairness, you have reciprocity, authority, social proof, Pavlovian responses and all this stuff. So I tell people, if you're an entrepreneur, you really should take the psychology part to the nth degree to understand because yeah. all money is really psychology. Well, what I liked about yours was that they were filmed with an iPhone right? and everyone else's was so professional. Right. It made you feel like they're about to sell you something. But your thing is like filming with an iPhone. I remember too, you were filming and like someone walked in the front door and they didn't know you're filming. They just closed the door. Yes. Yeah, I, my editors would there. always be like, take yeah. it out. I'm like, leave it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Le or you drop something. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it looks real, man. Exactly. It looks real. But I thought that just disarms the viewer right. into not thinking like, ah, oh, he's just a random guy yeah. or an average guy. And not this is not like some professional expensive setup, even though the house in the background was, right. was really expensive. Yeah, there was a lot of dynamics going on in those videos. Like Harvard did like a case study on the videos. Like people were like, yo, I'm at Harvard or Wharton or whatever, and they're studying your video. I think I think at the end of the day, if you look at the richest man in the world now, Elon Musk, he is really king psychologist. Mm -hmm. He understands, he reads people very well. And, you know, I think I, I had the last conversation I he used to go to a lot of stuff that I would go to and I, I had really interesting conversations with him. I posted a couple on my Instagram, but the last one I had, um, he said, do you think I should use Snapchat to grow my businesses? And I was like, Ab that was when Snapchat was big, like yeah. 2016, 2017 I was at the Game of Thrones world premiere. I was there and uh, we had just he had sat next to me the month before at a movie premiere. So we were kind of, he didn't really know me, but he recognized me and he asked me that. And I said, well, yes, 
and he listened to me for like 20 minutes. And at mm -hmm. the end, I'm like, what do you think? And he goes, I think you're wrong. I don't think you need social media. And I remember for years, I used to tell that story of how Elon Musk shut me up. But now I'm like, God damn it, I was right. It was like, test, he, it wasn't Snap, it was Twitter. Yeah. Like, you need this. You, you, it's When you're a master psychologist like Elon Musk, if you don't have a forum, you can't scale your message very well. Yeah. So I was like, the, for people, this is one of the problems with influencers now, especially people trying to become an influencer. So now you have the loud megaphone that reaches, let's say, a third of the world every day is on social media, two, three billion people, right? But since you haven't mastered psychology, you're kind of just doing all this activity and it's not going to catch on. When you think of the Andrew Tates or the Hormoses or all the people that people ask me about, I'm like, no, they first, at some point, I don't know all of their stories. They mastered the psychology of delivering content. You know, they're good at it. The pace, the the vocal intonations, and also things like you said, like diverging off. And what's interesting is me, my style is more one that meanders. And some people don't like it. You know, people are probably divided. If you you ever seen 16 personalities? No. It's like an online test where yeah, you're yeah, like ENTP, oh, yeah, INFJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> So that's Myers-Briggs. It's Myers-Briggs. Yeah. It's based on Carl Jung. It's Jungian psychology. Sure. And so each of those letters represent part of your personality. And one of them is called an N versus an S. An N is intuitive. An S is sensing. Sensing people like very practical stuff. So I've noticed certain of the influencers, I don't even know. I don't watch that much, but like some of them deliver you it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you the three ways to make money. And they just like write it right quickly. Mm -hmm. Then there's other people who tell stories and they're longer, more meandering. About half the population likes the style where you just get right to it. And half of them likes the long meandering. So I always attracted the people who like the longer meandering versus here's the exact way to be, create wealth. Because there is no exact way to create wealth. In fact, I could teach you how to create wealth, but everything's creating its opposite. In a world of free market capitalism, if I teach you what I did in 2016, it did make me money, but it won't work now because too many people are doing it. Yeah. Money's yeah, made I on the edge. As soon as you did that, everyone else began copying. Yeah. I think in the beginning, it was you, Grant Cardone, yep. and, and uh, Alex Becker yeah. that I think were doing fantastic yeah. at doing those ads. And then shortly after, you get everybody yes. copying the exact same thing. Yes. So now what's working yeah. is more like, if you see what Andrew Tate did, his was more like podcast snippets. It wasn't as much of him... And, and like really strong, Well, it's quick, not even an ad, though. Now I think if you see an ad, like yeah. that would devalue his brand right. to run any sort of ad whatsoever. Yes. But if you listen, it's not just that he's, people are reposting. He repost, it's strong content. It's like, ah, you yeah. know, I'm richer than, you know what's interesting? Kind of this thing of like, I'm richer than you, I'm the yeah, alpha. Colors, you're Bugatti. Do you remember like 10 years ago, there was a website called the rich jerk you ever heard no. this is one of the best copywriters he didn't put his face on it i know the real dude his name's kelly kelly felix he built that whole thing where he's like i'm the fucking baddest listen to me pet plebs <laughs> and it worked back then but there wasn't the megaphone 2012 uh. 2013 like there was no tiktok so it, it 
it went, he made, he became, I mean, he made many millions off that. So that's nothing new under the sun, man. People are just rehashing the same, the same hooks that work. And the thing that this, this famous ad and the other, you know, following ads were all routing to was this 67. It was like steps. Well, I had other stuff. I built this SMMA course in 2016 called social media marketing agency. That so many people got results making money. I would, I'm like, I would almost go, if I had a way to document this, I would go to head to head with anything that's been put out college or otherwise of taking more people from rags to riches in that program. I showed people how to make one to $10,000 a month charging businesses to do their Facebook ads and social media. I built this four month training course. It was insane. I, I at one point I had a lawyer, half of his day was just collecting all the testimonials and verifying. Just like people are like, oh, I made a hundred thousand. Yeah. Even to this day, I get people. That was a good time to start too. Oh yeah, I crushed. So I it, sixty-seven steps were first. Then I then I build out different specific systems, like how you can. Sixty-seven steps was more like a general mindset, and then SMMA was like a practical way to build a business. And then that's did, what Logan Paul yeah. went into. Those right. guys were all in that. Yeah. You did Airbnb after. I did Airbnb. Yeah. I've done all kinds. I've done how to build an e-commerce scaling. So I built like ask, what I think. How much is that made combined? What do you think the net profit on that is? <laughs> I don't know on the net, but I mean, it's in the hundreds of millions. I haven't, I, I should know this, right? Um, but it's, it's uh, it, the reason I say I don't know exactly is because so many things I do now, like, do I count it as 67 steps or it upsold into all this other yeah. stuff? But I mean, it's in the that's, hundreds of millions. That's insane. You know? Why did you decide? And it's not to, all profit, yeah. but, but you have marketing costs, but it, but why would you decide to, to leave YouTube? Because you were doing so well on that yeah. for, I would, what was it? Three, four years where yeah. it really, you were dominating the YouTube ad space and, and posting consistently on top yeah. of that. I started buying businesses and it just like blew up. Um, and took a lot of my time. Like I bought Pier One, I bought Radio Shack, I bought Dress Bar. Like I bought, I just bought just myself and an SPV. We bought 75% of a publicly traded NASDAQ company. So I, the last three years has just been like, I, I just didn't have time. You run out of time in the day, you know? Yeah. Why did you do that? That's a great question because uh, what's the, they said, like, why do you try to climb Mount Everest? Cause it's there. That's probably why, you know, it's like, I I think a lot of people would see like pure one and see these otherwise failing businesses that are not doing well. Wouldn't you think that that's going to be like a blockbuster? Let's just let them, you know, I tried to buy blockbuster. I'd buy blockbuster all day, (laughs) turn into competitor to Netflix. I tried the guy who owned it is up not far from here. Uh, Pure one wasn't failing as much. It was only failing because COVID shut all the stores down. And when you have 1,200 stores, and let's say your average lease, just pick a number, is 100 grand a year, but you can't open the store and make one penny of revenue, do the math. Yeah, but weren't they getting also COVID stimulus checks and you'd be able to apply for, for no, plenty not, of loans? No? Not enough. Not a, That COVID, large footprints of retail stores locked in at pre-COVID leases so pier one was a good business that was temporarily put out of business my understanding though is that the revenue was declining and that they were losing market share to to online i could be yeah. wrong you've maybe looked a little i mean it was I doing 1.7 yeah. billion of revenue and yeah. i bought it for 31 million time will tell if it's look man you 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 make bets and yeah. i'm not an omnipotent person but you make your bets and you live with them and i think 
buying distressed assets. It works in real estate. I know you do a lot of stuff with real mm -hmm. estate. It's my philosophy on real estate. Like Grant Cardone buys stuff more at any time of the market, right? He's been buying multifamily at arguably pretty high valuations, which is working for him. But my, I like to buy low. Maybe it's because I'm a college dropout. Mm -hmm. I have a simple investing formula. Buy low. It's the ultimate margin of safety. And I think a lot of people in the last five years, I was looking at, you know, Redfin, like Open Door, yes. all these yeah. Open Door. I was just looking at the news. Open Door, 1,500 homes they bought in January this year. Now they're dumping all of them. Yeah, it's a terrible business. For 100,000 yeah. less than they paid. That's a $150 million well, a stupid loss. idea. Zillow tried to copy it. It's, yeah, it's, but like, it's buy a bad it, idea. But yeah. I want to come and buy that yeah. block of homes. Could it be BlackRock who's going to buy them? Some big institution's going to offer them one flat rate, buy them all. But I've out, I've outbid institutions, man. Buying Pier 1, big. I was up against a big private equity firm called Sycamore. These are the guys yeah. that bid on Victoria's Secret. These are multi-billion dollars. You can win. You can win against these guys. And how much did you pay? I paid $31 million, the public <laughs> auction. Well, what about Radio Shack? How much did you pay to buy Radio Shack? That one's private. It's undisclosed. Oh, but yeah, that, that one we own with a billionaire guy. And what's the plan with these? To revitalize and sell? Yeah, now brick and mortar. We want to open the stores back up. For two years, you bought them. You couldn't open the stores. It was COVID restrictions. But we bought, you know, now is the opportunity. I still believe brick and mortar, if you do the stores of the right size, if they're too big, Bed Bath and Beyond, you saw yeah, the news, like right. the CFO killed himself, right. jumped off a of, jumped out of his apartment yeah. in New York. Those stores are huge. They have hundred thousand square foot stores. It's gonna fail. You have to right size the business. Adaption, but you know. How is that gonna compete with Amazon that's now offering same day delivery? For me, it would be such an inconvenience to go and So one thing store. is you can take all our brands and put them on Amazon. So if you can't beat them, join them. That's number one. Number two. There's some things people still like going into stores. For example, even with Pier 1 now, we used to have a huge fragrance business. Pier 1 was like the number three fragrance, candles, all this stuff. $250 million a year it was doing in its stores. We switched everything to online. Guess what? We found out women like to come in and smell the candles. So it's a tougher bit. Like Amazon, mm -hmm. you can beat Amazon for that. Think about it. In, you can't try new stuff. I guess you could order 20 new candles and smell them and send all the ones back, but... People are still going to stores. The the, demi the full demise of retail, I don't think will happen. I just think it's a shift. Okay. You know? Now, bodybuilding.com was something that was surprising to me. Yes. Because I would shop at bodybuilding.com a go. lot. Yeah. How, I didn't even realize that was being sold. Yeah. It was off-market deal. How did that come? How did that come about? So it was, I have, like, I keep my feelers out with all the investment bankers, business brokers, and stuff like that. That one came up. Is a huge business, one of the original supplement, like mm -hmm. before Amazon, you know, but it's been on the decline. And I think it's like they, Charles Darwin said, it's not the strongest or the smartest who survive. It's the most adaptable. So I think if you don't adapt, all these businesses are going to disappear, including Apple. Have you like iMessage sucks. Do you use iMessage? Yeah, like, I do. Like, I like WhatsApp so much better. WhatsApp, you have good voice memos. It's easy to delete stuff. You can have disappearing messages like I mess like WhatsApp Couldn't has shot I up messages copy on of them? course, yeah. but how many years? Like they haven't innovated at all. I'll get. Yeah. I'll make a prediction. Sure, there's a serious chance your gr grandchildren won't know who Apple is. Look at Facebook. I've been saying that. I'm yeah. like, Facebook did not adapt, and TikTok ate their lunch in three years. Really, been three years, mm -hmm. maybe two. 
And, um, you know, they got all into the metaverse and I'm going, ah, this is a niche product. What do you think of the metaverse? It's a niche product. First off, everything's the metaverse already. You t- if you define metaverse as a, as a, you know, digital <laughs> illusion, then that's what <laughs> like YouTube is, man. <laughs> I mean, look, people are going to yeah. watch this thing. We're not really there, but they're going <laughs> to be watching it while they're sitting, laying in yeah, bed. Yeah, but couldn't we improve this by putting on VR goggles and it's like someone could sit right there in that chair? That would be kind of cool. You could look feel- around, see all of us yeah. at the same time. I would love to do that. I think, and it would almost be like you're watching in person. But that's, but, okay, but let me just throw this out. Do you think a lot of people woke up today and they're like, you know what's missing in my life? <laughs> no. My goggles to <laughs> no, watch. No, but the thing is, people, <laughs> to be in no this one's room gonna do it. It would be cool, is, but no one's gonna around. do it. But, yeah. nobody, but nobody would think that that's something they need until they have it. Like, no one would think they need an iPhone and be like, oh, why would I need to browse the internet while I'm while I'm out? I'll get back and check check my voicemail. It's like, when it's there, they'll... It would be what cool was it? for like a, you know, a premium viewing experience, but at the same time, I like just on my phone going yeah. out in the backyard. Yes. You know what? And a lot of people just listen, too. But this was a great quote it was henry and this got me thinking henry ford said if i asked the customers what they wanted they would say a faster horse yes and that got me thinking that people don't know what they want and you have to provide it to them i think vr for like porn might be big <laughs> i think well that but that i'm going probably, i don't know how many goggles i'm doing like yo what's missing in my life i'm not looking around at the lighting system well, <laughs> well my, my understanding is that is that porn very much paves the way for a lot of these yes. in terms of like video but the one where quality. it feels like yeah. real thing that's when porn will be big yeah. you know what's interesting yeah. remember clubhouse yes i do so it was like a one hit wonder yeah. it popped in i did this first person to do I think I had the biggest room. Eventually, Elon made the biggest a couple weeks later. But I had like 2,000 people, and I go, I'm just going to talk by myself. No interviews. I didn't let anybody else on, nobody. And I talked, and it went for seven hours in hell. It was insane. I started like three, and I ended at 10. Speaking of failing businesses, what's going on with Clubhouse? I feel like no one is using it anymore. Yeah, To me, I have a simple diagnosis that went wrong. Somebody, it's just a hypothesis, but I think I'm right. Somebody went in there. I don't know if somebody was jealous of people who had big rooms. They killed big rooms. They changed the algorithm. Somebody made the decision it's better to have 10,000 rooms of 10 people than, you know, 100 huge rooms, which I think is so wrong. If you look, the whole Pareto principle is what drives social media. It's like 20% of the influencers Mm -hmm. get all the views on anything, Insta, TikTok. So that's like saying, I don't want you know, Kim Kardashian to have 300 million followers. I want her to have, I want to have a whole bunch of people who have 300,000 followers. It's a big psychology, psychology mistake. That's why I said, if you can stu- people ask me, what do you read a lot? I'm like, I read psychology more than anything because psychology really health, wealth, love, happiness to be healthy. You have to master your own psychology to like eat right and go to the gym. It's like self-discipline, right? Wealth all the money in the world is in other people's hands. So if you don't understand those people and connect with them at a deep level, they're not going to give you any money. Hmm. There'll be no free trade. Love is all a social game, friends, family, romance. And then lastly, happiness is literally almost how people per, you know perceive the purpose of psychology. So to me, they clubhouse, they didn't understand. They understood psychology at the beginning. Yeah. Make it free. I, but make it, you have to have an invite code. 
was a very San Francisco thing. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, and they only gave like these key info. I remember Google Plus did that, and I was like, oh man, does anybody have an invite code to Google Plus? Yes. It was dead in like a month. Facebook did that yeah. at the beginning. You had to have a college address. Yeah. And every dude wanted it because there was like the edu. Yeah, 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 there was like pretty women on there, so every dude was like, ah, trying to get an yeah. edu address so they could talk to yeah. all the like twenty-two year olds. What do you think of Elon Musk charging eight dollars a month for verification? Um, he's going to do a good job with Twitter. I would not bet against Elon Musk. He seems to be a prolific success machine. Whether his, but he has experiments that fail. I just yeah. read this book called the new book on Elon Musk. There's a new book on Elon Musk. I finished it on the flight here from Europe. And he's tried lots of stuff that's failed. This $8 one, the good news, if you're an Elon Musk fan, is he's begun the iteration process, and he'll just keep going until he finds something. Mm. He's good enough, he'll shut it off if it doesn't work. I'm not sure that's your salvation, eight bucks for... I'm not sure why it's eight bucks for a blue verification He wanted to charge 15, and someone commented underneath that... Maybe it was 20. It was 15 or 20. Someone commented underneath. I forget who the guy was. I'd know his name if you say it. And he said, that's too expensive. I wouldn't pay that. And then Elon Musk replies back immediately after, okay, yeah, fine, it's $8. Yeah. Yes. How's $8 then? And that's how he came up with the number. Yeah, he came he's up. He's a spitballing back and forth. That's how the, he got in all that trouble with the SEC. Yeah. He said, he said uh, funding secured $420. And he came up with that because he thought his girlfriend Grimes would think because $420, yeah. you know, April 20th weed day yeah. <laughs> and the sec was like and he admitted to the sec like that's probably not a good way to price the stock <laughs> based off weed but he's a, you yeah. know but that's again we're here talking about yes. how he came up with eight dollars yeah. that he's a puppet master of people he's a puppet master and and probably the best who ever maybe the best entrepreneur ever li- lived he's obviously a great innovator and scientist at some level yeah. but not as good there's been plenty of those you know, yeah. Now, how do you find the balance, though, between being at that right point where people are talking about you enough, but not going to such an extreme where it's maybe like a Kanye West where all right. of a sudden start burning bridges? You remember, you ever seen Tropical, Tropic Thunder? Yeah. It's like a Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. It's one of the funniest comedy. Yeah. And, and he's like, you went full retard. Yeah. Never go full retard. Like Kanye may have gone full retard. Like you can take stuff a little bit too far too far by the way that's me quoting a movie i know it's not politically correct but if you've seen the movie it's like you know kanye attacked jewish people he if you ever been to la or new york it's like that's a powerful group of people yes who and you know it's like do you want to pick your battles man and um so yeah he i think that there you go there's this concept in the good life that you were talking about socrates Socrates said, like, to be angry is easy, but to be angry at the right person at the right time for the right reason, for the right duration with the right intensity, that's hard. And so to to Socrates is really Aristotle, but to live the good life, everything's in proportion. So it's like, how controversial do you want to be? If you're not controversial enough, you're lost in the sea of noise of social media. But how many people have been kicked off all the big platforms recently for being too extreme? And then you lose your voice. Mm -hmm. Look at the, you watch, if you watch the Google searches on big people who have been deplatformed, it goes down when you get deplatformed. So the question, you know, the ideal is take it right up to the nth degree, but not so much that other humans retaliate. And you have to realize the human 
species right now is extremely divided because everybody has a voice. So like America is insanely politically divided. There's not much of a middle. There's a middle, but you don't meet that many people who are like, ah, Donald Trump, no opinion on him. Like that's, or even Joe Biden. Yeah. It's very extreme president. I'm not sure what's wrong with America that we have such, it's like either you have you a think gun. think social media is causing a lot it's, of that? It's that, definitely the media. No, no, yeah, but it's yeah. like social media though, because now now they have now they're able to show you both extremes of what gets views. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, there's no doubt that social media is feeding the fire, but the fire was already there, in the sense that you can go back 500 years ago, extreme news made the news. Like people were talking about Catherine the Great, you know, in the 1500s or or the 1600s. I say so. Like I think that um, you have to be careful. A guy that I know, one of the smartest guys I know in finance, he said, listen, Ty, I've watched, he, he's corporate takeover guys, like complicated guy, like Carl Icahn type person. And he's like, I've watched it a million times. When people succeed, they get this like emperor syndrome, like I can never fail. And they push the boundaries until they fall off the cliff. And so you have to always stay humble to go, yeah, I'm not sure you should always say everything you think. And now some people would say, no, I like that Kanye's so authentic or Trump so authentic, but there's diminishing returns on be telling everything. Like if I walk in a room and I think that person's ugly, I don't have to go up and be like, I'm a very, I just say what I think. Like <laughs> you're horribly, you know, disgusting to me. Like some things you, you have to shut up. And so everybody wants to take it to the nth degree. But, but you see there with Kanye, it's like, do you want to lose your empire? And I'll tell you this, Kanye has a chance. He's a sharp enough, again, kind of a social, you know, puppet master psychology. He may make it back. He's a, I wouldn't bet against Kanye fully, mm. but is it the world's greatest chess move to lose your whole Yeezy empire? Like uh, it's a tough chess move. He may be playing yeah. such a complex game that maybe I'm not smart enough to understand. I don't know it. if he knows what he's doing, but he'll maybe figure out a way. Yeah. I don't know. He's an adaptive machine, yeah. man. The thing about Kanye, though, for his, to his defense, is if you read the comments, he has an, he has built a much bigger fan base than I've ever seen. People, you know, America roots for the damn underdog. America hates, it's just a very David and Goliath part of America. So, like, when Trump was, I remember the day of Trump's, the election mm -hmm. where they were tallying the votes, the New York Post or New York Times or whatever had 90% chance that Hillary Clinton won, would win. And I remember going, watching the day and it like spun all the way around. And I was thinking, America likes an underdog. Never. If I was Hillary Clinton, I'd be like, don't jinx me like that. Don't be putting yeah. that I'm a clear winner because Americans are the kind of people culturally to be like, I think the media is picking on Trump too much. I don't even like Trump, but this damn media, like, I see that. Sometimes I look at Twitter. I'm like, this thing is too, they are pushing up stuff that's so ideologically slanted that it pisses me off. And so I, I think that Kanye, for the good news, and Trump, they built this massive following just by saying what everybody else was thinking. It's a powerful thing to say yeah. what other people think. Yeah. I think Tate as well, uh, yep. between social media and him. And try yes. to silence an opinion. Yes. Now all of a sudden people will, will listen to that opinion yes. more because they're like, what's silenced? What's what's so bad about this? Let me listen yes. to this. You know who threads the needle well? Ben Shapiro and that. Ben Shapiro yeah. doesn't get deplatformed. Right. I think his app 
has a million people paying 10 bucks a month in the first no. three months. Oh, for sure. Serious? That's lowball. I think they published that. He he's he's making it ten to twenty million a month with his. App. I had no idea, dude. That premium because the world wow. they're like family values, right? So if you're like a more religious person and the media is pushing up such a kind of left, it, it, you're the whole silent majority is yeah. insane. But I'm just saying, Ben Shapiro he pushes it but doesn't get himself deeply. He's he's very strategic. He doesn't quite say enough. That they can boot them off, you know. Whereas Trump pushes yeah. it harder. I would say Elon. You know, I'd say Ben Shapiro is going to be a billionaire, a multi-billionaire. Yeah. He might end up being richer than Trump. I mean, Shapiro is like thirty-five yeah. or something. So that's why I say you have to realize in life that everything that's out of proportion to me ends up being problematic. So it's like if you work out, like there's a time in my life where I didn't work out at all, just focused on making money. It's problematic. You 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 create maybe a vacuum you'll never be able to fill again. You know, I see it's for example, a lot of people are like, ah, you know, fuck everything. I'm just gonna make money. I'm like, avoid that. But on the flip side, I know other people that are like, money doesn't matter. Yeah. But it does. How did you find that balance? I don't think I have, but I have. Well, in hindsight, yeah. I have pinpointed when i had it and like so you have to sometimes that's, go yeah, past it i know the year like 2013 was a good year that was a year in my life i think maybe i achieved like the full almost the pinnacle of stuff mm -hmm. and that was right before your ad right that was before it that was a couple that yeah. was a year or two i remember wait i'll tell you what yeah. when you wake up super happy you've hit it's called the the air the socrates word is called eudaimonia which means like the beautiful life and if you think about what beauty is, like when you say somebody's beautiful or architect or, you know, a landscape, it's it's that ratio. Like the human, they call it the golden, you know, the, the golden ratio. It's like 0.61 mm. hip to waist ratio, shoulder to waist. Like humans look at patterns when we say, you know, this woman is super beautiful. It's like you're looking at subconsciously, you're looking at ratios. So I think a way you, if you find yourself, and this is a problem on social media, you're talking about misdiagnosing health. Like mm -hmm. everybody is either saying denying depression, anxiety, or saying that it's super normal and there's nothing you can do about it. Like not really, some of depression for sure is genetic. Your genetic baseline, Dr. Buss always tells me, you know, every human's born with like a genetic baseline. So on a one to 10, some people are like naturally revert to a four. They're kind of melancholy people. You know, and some people are like a nine. They've done studies on people who have a car accident and they're paralyzed, okay? And do you know in three months you revert to whatever happiness yeah. level you were before paralyzed? So like for three months, you're like super unhappy. But in general, people who were depressed before become depressed and people who are kind of cheery become cheery. So if there's a genetic baseline, but there's also an environmental part that is a signal, like pain is a signal to change. So I think you look at the point in your life where you woke up the most at peace, that's probably when you're getting close to that ratio of the four pillars of the good life, health, wealth, love, happiness. Because if you're making a hell of a lot of money, but you're, you know, your, your social life sucks, you'll wake up a little bit lonely. Yeah. So that's what I think all people should try to optimize for that. Where that's, do you fall on the scale? What do you think you could optimize? Optimize. Um, probably as I've been the last three years, I've been so focused. My social life has not been as good as it used mm. to be. Cause I'm just like busy. Yeah. I miss like 
2009 to like 2019, like my social life was like nine out of 10, you know, of what I want. Maybe yeah. somebody else will, but like in my scale of like, it was like a nine, like every day I was, I was like, my best friends were in business with me, my family. So I'd see them every night I was going out with friends. It was very like European mm -hmm. life. Like Europeans are like, ah, Americans work too hard. They used to call America the merchant class. Yeah. They're like, ah, they just care about money. And there's some truth. Like I live in Scandinavia. It's, Scandinavians have the best life. That is a place that has good ratios. So you know? when you look back on this time period in your life where you felt like you were pretty at balance, yeah. can you walk us through maybe like an average day or explain where you were yeah. at? in each of those four categories. Yeah, I think like the day, if I could build in my past the best average day or the best day, what that daily routine looked like, I would be like, I think it's simple. I think you should wake up and exercise. It's like, just do them in order. Health, wealth, love, happiness. So like health, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I once, I was at his house and I was like, can I interview in his kitchen? He smokes cigars in his kitchen. Pretty funny. Sooner smoking a cigar is like right in the kitchen. I'm like, okay. And I and I and I said, what's your daily routine? He's like, I wake up at four, four to five. I feed my brain, get my brain health. So he reads for an hour. And he's like, five. I get on my bicycle and I write to Gold's Gym, and I work out and I come back at seven. I eat breakfast and then eight. I start working. I was thinking that's a hard schedule to beat. I don't think you have to wake up at four. I've tried the thing where you wake up crazy early. I think it's genetic. I think some people are more night owls because yeah. I, I did experiment for like a year where I woke up at three. I would wake up at three 30 and I wanted everybody in the office, my leaders there at four and we do a leader oh meeting. Oh my God. How was that? Did you notice any difference in productivity? No, probably worse. Really? That's what, now when I was on, how long did you do that for? Until everybody like burnt out. All the leaders are like, <laughs> I'm not going to do this man. Cause they were having to like drive in, get up at two 45 and wow. stuff. So, but, but the general gist is wake up. What I try to do is like wake up on my best days. Wake up, I read right away. I, I think iBooks is an under, the most underrated app in the world is iBooks. Mm -hmm. on, my, on my phone, I've got so many good books. It's literally insane. So here's my library. You can just see like, and I have audio do books do, too. Oh, you do audio books or read? Okay. But like when I wake up, if I just, here's this new book on Elon Musk, Power Play, great book. Here's Miss Jane Pittman's story of, you know, she was Reading on Andrew slave. Carnegie? Yeah, and uh, that Andrew was Carnegie's The great. Gospel of Wealth. This is the autobiography, yeah. Charles Darwin. I think the best thing to read is textbooks and autobiographies or biographies. I've got Ishi, that was the last Native American in America. Sun Tzu's The Art of War. This is a book by a rock star. This is the book I read. This Michael Gross is the story of like supermodels. I, I own, I'm the second largest owner of Wilhelmina Models, which is the biggest model company. I read Contagious, which is a psychology book. Do you have like a list of like where you log all of the books that you're reading? Yeah, tylopez.com slash books. I have this free, <laughs> free one. I'm not selling anything there. But I've got 659 books. I've read only 176. So I just like when I'm on a flight. So I think the best thing is what Arnold said. Wake up. Read or audiobooks just a little bit. Then some form of low intensity cardio. He does a bicycle. Takes him about 30 minutes to get to gym. I walk. So like when I'm in Puerto Rico, my gym is exactly about a mile and a half. I walk there, low intensity, walk back. You're basically, I try to get to 20,000 steps a day. There's some new science that you really should try. Men were built to walk about 22,000 steps, which is 10 miles. And if you look at like hunter gatherers, mm. there's a new book called Exercise by this Daniel Lieberman, who's a paleoanthropologist. He studies 
your bone structure. He's at Harvard and he's like, he studied women on average walk about a little bit less, seven miles a day. So little reading for the brain, health of the brain, even if it's just a page, like it cleanses the mind. It's like, I always said like, especially if you read somebody, you brought up Socrates, read something classic. It's almost like mental hygiene. It's like soap. You get to wash off all the TikTok like all the stupid stuff it's like yeah. you read like civilization is discontent which may be the most compact book of value in the last thousand years that's like sigmund freud there's one the second chapter i probably read it 300 times so maybe read that then walk then hit the gym so you've done health then go make money i think in an ideal world i think the four-hour work week is too weirdly low like Working four hours a week, I think you'll lose meaning. Humans built to work a little bit, you know? So I think like four hours a day is a better goal. So four or five hours a day of work, and then so it's health, wealth. So now you've done, you knocked the health out, you knocked the wealth out. Now love, friends, family, romance. Like evenings, when I was at my favorite time in my life, evenings was like come about six or seven o'clock. It's like going out with friends, dinner, comedy club, movie, restaurant, and just like for a long time, like three, four hours. And I would incorporate my dating life. Like I rarely would go on one-on-one -on -one dates. Adrian, how often would I do one-on-one -on -one dates? Like never, especially first dates. I'm right. like, ah, never. You get stuck with somebody. It's like, oh man, I'd be like, hey, I'm out with like 15 people. Come meet me. So much better. I met this Brazilian girl one time. Right when she got out of the car, I was like, this is not my type. But my friend Jeremy was there and I was like, you can beat my friend so you can even be like, yeah, you can pass pass somebody on who's not a good day. It worked out great. They stayed together for five years. You know, what's funny. Wow. They never were not together for five straight years. Really? Every day. What happened? What happened after five years? So a long time. She got super jealous. This is a dope joke. Yeah. He's like, I think she's too jealous. I was like, why do you think that? Because he likes, like guys say they don't like when a woman does this, but I'm like, but you stayed with her for five years. She was angry that he set the navigation voice to a sexy girl's voice. <laughs> and she brought it up as a big thing as like, I feel like, am I not enough for you? No, no, no. real. I, I can't make no. this up. She's like, do you think she's might be a little too extreme? I'm like, yes. I'm like, the fact you have to ask me if that's too extreme, I'm worried about your mental health. But so they eventually wow. broke up and he, he's married now, but. You should have used Samuel Jackson's voice. That's always my favorite. That's yeah, your navigation voice? <laughs> no, it used to be. <laughs> That's good. I loved it. So you got health, yeah. wealth, love. Yeah. Then you get home and you go to bed happy because yeah. happy. I always say, so in the four pillars, I say health is the necessity of the good life. Okay. Health is wealth is the ind indispensable of the good life. Like, even if you don't like money, you're going to have to have it because you don't make your own clothing or build your own home or, you know, mine your own coal to heat the house. Love is the purpose of life. Even if you're not a romantic person and you talk to Dr. Buss, he's like, everything's mating. Like, humans are built mm -hmm. around mating, right? Evolution. Love. And then happiness is the culmination of the good life. If you've done the first three pillars, it's, it's what Michael Jordan says. He goes, you don't strive for greatness. You do all the right things, and then it's bestowed upon you. That's mm -hmm. how he looked at winning six rings as an NBA basketball champion. So to me, it's like the last pillar you cannot chase. It's like a cat. If you want to pet a cat, 
it doesn't want you to pet mm-hmm. it. But when you do everything else right, it comes up to you. Yeah. And so that so you've got the necessity, you've got the indispensable, you've got the purpose, and then lastly, you'll go to bed and wake up happy. That's the culmination of these first three being like perfectly that. aligned. But you got to align them. You can't do, like I know people, I have friends at work, you know, 16 hours on making money or 15 hours. And then they go to the gym for 20 minutes. I'm like, the ratio's off. It's not going to work. And actually there's good science. Even the, the U.S. government put something out and said, if you sit eight hours a day, a one hour on the treadmill basically does nothing. It does not offset it. So even like the cheesy U.S. government kind of yeah. standards. So what, what are you supposed to do if you work eight hours a day at a cubicle or at a computer? You can't right go to the gym for like five hours. So how do you Treadmill do you desk. Treadmill desk is the most practical investment a person can make of $1,200. Dude, like I don't sit. I This right here, I bet you, mm-hmm. I bet you I sit less than 20 minutes a day on average. Mm. Sitting is the destruction of the human body. I, some, I've actually heard that a lot. It, it that is. Sitting is, it, it's horrible. It's way you. better to go, I lay on a couch all the way like lay and read or I go back in my bed and lay down. Humans are not, you're better off squatting. Like you see like old villagers that like squat yeah. down. But humans sitting, I, I. So you're saying laying down is better than sitting. And it basically anything, go to your job and be like, yo, I'm going to pace her. Like I was on this airplane back from Europe. It was 10 hours to get here, London to, to Vegas. And um, I went, you know, there's that little area, even though I had a live flat you know, but I, they have that little area where you can have snacks. And the, I don't know if the stewardess thought I was a terrorist or something. I was going to try to like open. She kept checking on me like every 20 minutes. She's like, are you okay? Do you want to go sit down? I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking sit. So I got in like 5,000 steps by walking. You oh look at gosh. dudes, like my dad was in prison. People in a little prison cell to keep yeah. themselves. You see those dudes all ripped up. Yeah. They, they walk around for like six hours a day in a little cell. So and walking it, is important. Yeah. Walk, man. Walk and lift. Head. I, I, I've worked on this thing called the Million Dollar Body. So it's going to come out as a book and an ebook and a course. Cheap. I'm going to charge like a mm-hmm. dollar. But um, so in 2015, my health was like going down. I looked at myself. I'm like, what the fuck? I lost muscle mass. I was just like so focused on this business. So I said, I'm going to spend a million dollars over five years, 200,000 approximately a year. I, I probably spent a million and a half, but let's say a million. I said, I'm going to try everything, every supplement, TRT. I'm going to try, you know, all the hydrotherapy. I'm going to try every diet, veganism, keto, this, that, that. I'm going to do heavyweight, CrossFit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I did everything and I tested my, the key was get real scientific data. So my nurse that used to come to my house once a month, she's like, Ty, you're over. She made me sign a waiver. She's like, you're not supposed to take this much blood out of your body. I took like 40 vials per time mm. and I did it monthly for a couple of years. Then, and I did a DEXA scan, which is like the best muscle mass accurate, better than like water displacement or any of that. And so I did that. And so I really went deep down the rabbit hole of, of health and I and your blood, you the blood tells the truth. You test your blood, you know the truth. Like sometimes you look healthy. People on steroids can look healthy, but like their blood's all and it's also ratios. So it's like you can have total testosterone high, but if you have too much estrogen or sex binding globulin or hormone, right, it ties up your free test. So 
this thing about being in balance, you even find with health. But the, the number one thing that I just tell people is like, start with walking, but then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, lift heavy weight. That changes your, that changes your blood a lot, like improves you better than anything else you can do. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, do high intensity interval training, something like a sport, but you have to spike. I had this guy, random guys, like a UFC fighter, but like no name. He didn't do that well in the UFC. Remember that Norwegian guy? I don't know if you remember. We had read in the testing on all the machines for the UFC. He came as the fittest person who's ever been through the UFC lab. So I asked him, I was like, bro, what's your trick? He's like, three times a week, spike the heart like super high, like twenty times. So you, I, you can get this cheap thing you put under on your chest. If you work out according to heartbeat, it's much better because when you're out of shape, you'll overtrain yourself and kind of hurt yourself at the beginning. And when you're in shape, you'll undertrain. So you basically do heartbeat trying to keep yourself. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, do that high intensity stuff and then walk six days. And then Sunday, do nothing. Like I try to get my steps to like 200 steps. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to hire somebody to like wheel me around. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because you, if you do, there's yeah. good science this new exercise book by this Lieberman guy also talks about that. You need about one day per seven days of like insane. That's something I learned from the Amish. They work crazy hard, but they stop on Sunday or else you're basically your reproductive side, like your sex, right? Your test. If you do too much, it, it, you don't want to mess up your reproductive side. Yeah. So how much muscle have you put on lately? I put on, I definitely, I noticed. Yeah. I've spiked. Like when I was on TRT, you'll go up. And I have kind of naturally, my dad was a pro bodybuilder. Yeah. So my baseline is a little like seven, 800, but I've spiked it. TRT, you go to 3000. That's a crazy, you get strong boy. And I did it all legally with like doctor stuff. A lot of dudes on social are like on, mm. they're on TRT, but they don't want to say, mm. I don't know why people don't want to say, I'm like, probably everybody on every male on earth will be on TRT by like the end of this. Century. It's becoming a lot more common. Shit, just like the only reason I don't like TRT is if you want to have kids, your sperm count goes like fucking zero. Which, if you don't want to have kids, better than birth control is fucking TRT. <laughs> like you get all jacked up, you get strong. I could bench like, I mean, I was repping like three fifteen. But isn't it press. true that you have to stay on it then for the rest of your life? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a that's why I don't do it. I haven't okay. done it for years. You can gain muscle without it. You're just not gonna look like Superman. Mm. So I don't think you should do it I, is my basic thing. But what I do think you should do, test the blood and take the specific things. With, now, the thing about supplements I found where everybody goes wrong, they take years to kick in, but they eventually kick in. So if you do like your supplements for like two months, there's zero benefit. That shit, and I've learned that. I have 1,300 acres of farmland. Humans are very much, I'm very much focused on the soil. Like fertile soil is like the basis of a civilization. And the soil's the same way. When your soil's out of balance, doesn't have calcium, phosphorus, it takes you like two years to really revive the soil. There's a slow metabolism of the soil and our body is built to not make quick changes. So like you might be low on magnesium. So I, I got Ben Greenfield. He's a guy who's been on like Joe Rogan three times. I I paid him, I don't know how much, 25,000 to build like a supplement program just for me. But if he... If you can't do that, I mean, there's some simple to eat organ meats, like the liver king guy. Have you yeah, seen that guy? We had him, we on, had the him on the podcast. Yeah, you had him? Yeah. So, like, I, that's, but I will tell you the problem with that is you can actually, my bees are too high. Your what? 
So your B vitamins, you okay. get a lot of Bs from these yeah. things. Like you can also poison yourself on liver. You you have to be careful with that stuff. That's why I said the problem is social media, everything extreme goes viral, which then we see on our feed, which we then believe is gospel because it's like, it's basically brainwashing. It's subliminal messaging that brainwashes mm-hmm. you. But the truth is there's always some truth. So every extreme person you can name, even extreme feminists, there's some truth to what they say. Like men are definitely killers compared to women. You know, ultra feminists are like, if there was less men, there'd be less crime. I'm like, that's definitely true. I, if you go on Wikipedia, out of a thousand serial killers, count them for yourself. There's two serial killer women and 998 men the last time I did a count. Mm-hmm. So there's truth in every extreme. The problem is the extreme becomes like a Frankenstein monster and turns the beauty of the idea ugly. And so that's what I'm saying. Like liver, for example, on a practical thing and all the organ meats, like you can take that shit to extreme. You can kill yourself for sure or poison yourself slowly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said the blood doesn't lie, man. Test your blood. Everybody should test their blood like at least twice a year. And you go to the doctor and just say, I want all the extra stuff. Please give me the extra stuff. Because doctors now on insurance, they they test for the minimum. Yes. So yes. this is something I'm actually doing because it's been forever since I, I did a checkup. Yeah, I'm just doing just a just a general thing. But they wanted to test for blood, and it was only like four things on there. No, get they mad at them. Yeah, I go in there with a piece of paper, yeah. and I'm like, I want this, and they're yeah. like, We're not going to do it. I'm like, but Do they, this. Yeah, they added it all in, and yes. you, just, you just tell them what you want to test for, and they'll just yes. type it in, and uh, yeah, you're some right of about the big that, labs like Quest Labs or LabCorp. Yeah, you LabCorp. can now yeah. order online. And you just add everything. And when the nurse comes, be like, is there any, make sure you, for example, a big one, people don't vitamin D. Mm. This is a game changer. So, and yes, you could take supplements. But when I lived in Puerto Rico, I got, you get healthy. There's the the reason Puerto Rico became famous is, uh, you remember Ponce de Leon in history? He was trying to find the fountain of youth. There was a famous guy mm-hmm. in the 1600s, and he went to Florida and didn't find it. I could have told him, Florida ain't the fountain of youth. It's like <laughs> everything in Florida wants to kill you, crocodiles, yeah. steak. But he ended up in Puerto Rico because the governor, and he died there. He lived there the rest of his life because there was the most Indians living into their hundreds. And part of it is there's always vitamin D. Vegas, where you are, is good for vitamin D. You, so there's an app. I'm not no, affiliated with like it. Just sun? Yes, there's this app called D-Minder yeah. right here. Okay. A NASA scientist made it. I'm not affiliated. I don't make it. I think it costs five bucks a year or sure. something. Dude, it's the best but, no. damn thing. Now, you want to know something yeah. scary? I actually said it wrong. You can't get vitamin D in Vegas for another hundred days because the sun's too low in the sky. What? Yeah. So <laughs> basically, yeah. You, that's why you, that's why native groups like migrated like the native americans like they would go south you're healthier it's a big thing but you can take vitamin d but it's yeah. never as good when you take it but in now how do you balance that with with like skin cancer so this vitamin here's the crazy thing yeah. when you're in good sun you need like in puerto rico i'd get eight minutes of it and this thing tells you exactly when you get too much crazy. so if you, th- for all you yeah. are like i know you like scientific apps yeah. this dime d minder i want to buy this app from the dude because i don't think he's updated it in, since he built it but it gives you your score oh my gosh for seven like i've been in look i've been in sweden no vitamin d yeah 
Last past seven days is 40. I, I needed 77,000 units. I've only gotten 40,000 units. So I know I got to up wow. my supplements. Vitamin D is a huge one. In fact, a lot of the COVID people that were anti-vaccine, they were like, you can just take vitamin D. Shit, I can believe it. Well, my vi So you test your vitamin D. When okay. Make sure they don't add that. It's a crime. Make sure You want to be on the upper range of the recommended, right to the top. I'm definitely not. I'll tell you that. I don't Graham go outside. Graham, he's a vampire. I don't go outside. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what will change your life. Do more business on the phone. Go in your backyard. Pace back and forth. Get this. I use an aura ring. Yeah. But what it'll tell you, it tells you if your sleep sucks. Sleep. I would say, I always say the most, what I learned from this million dollar body, I can sum up in like nine, the nine tenets of health. And I would say number one is sleep. Number one is sleep. Yeah. Number two is walking. Number two is I walking. believe that. I believe that, that makes sense. Sleep. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would believe that too. Okay. Um, I know we got to wrap this up. Yeah, guys, this is yeah. just, uh, I just have two things. Uh, one, uh, <laughs> you know, thanks to our sponsor, Lexar. That's all I got to say. Sponsor? Oh, sorry. Your my sponsor, sponsor Lexar. Yeah. So what's Lexar? Oh, they, Ty. No. I'm so <laughs> glad that you asked. Lexar, they actually make SD cards, you know, memory storage, SSDs. Uh, you know, if you give me some info, I'll, I'll have them send you some send stuff. Send me some you. Lexars. Oh, we'll <laughs> I'm definitely going to send you some, some Lexars. Lexars. Yeah, for 100%. All right, guys. Well, with that said, thank you so much. Go to tylopez.com slash books. That's my free contribution to the world. Three books. Well, no, we'll it just tells you what money. books to buy. Can you recommend three books? Three of the three most life-changing yes. books you've read. For business... Gary Keller, The One Thing. You know him from yeah, real, estate, real estate. On how to focus. Yep. Um, on psychology, there. I'll give you four for the four pillars yeah, of good yeah. life. So for business, Gary, Gary Keller, The One Thing is a great one. For health, The Story of the Human Body by this guy, Lieberman. It's a little more advanced book, but it's like a badass book for health. For love... And friendship and romance and all that. Dr. David Buss textbook called Evolutionary Psychology. It's a textbook, but it reads like a book. It's fascinating. And then for happiness, read Civilization and Its Discontents by Sigmund Freud. It is maybe the greatest three pages I've ever read. The second chapter is all you need to read. And it's on what it's what's the purpose of life. It's the okay. greatest three pages, I think. If you're a little more logical. It's not a super woo-woo one. So if you're more into the woo-woo, you won't like that. But that's my four. Thank you. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you guys so this much. Been amazing, man. I yeah, hope this was okay. I really okay. enjoyed this. Yeah. I could go for another hour yeah, to get another too. podcast right now. But yeah. man, if it, if it weren't for that, we'd be going No, it's good. Too. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do it again. Oh, Absolutely. I'd love to. I'll have to have you all on my podcast. Yeah. yeah. I have the ice. The hot guys. I used to live in North Carolina. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be the ice tea hour. Funny. Just count it. We're in. Thank you. Thank you, man. Well, thank really you guys for watching. It. Make sure to get your free stock down below in the description. Check out the Public. Patreon down below. Follow me on With Instagram. With that said, you guys, follow me on Thank you, Ty. Thank you. See ya. I love that. So that was okay. That was such a good podcast.